Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another week of the Live Life Aggressive Show, brought to you by us. That's right. We're our sponsors. We, we sponsor the show. And the folks at Patreon as well. So, how do you keep the show going? Hop over to both our websites. Go to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA. Get 10% off all of our products over there. As well as head over to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. Become a monthly supporter of the show and be privy to those premium episodes that are available only for our Patreon subscribers. And by the time you hear this episode, well, you probably even you probably missed out on that month. Of just all premium episodes. Yeah. That's what May is. That's what's going to happen in May. And by now, you probably just realized that. But hey, you know the good thing is you have this episode, and this is some redemption. This is a reminder of why you should be subscribing to the Patreon episodes because you get quality guests. This is what the show is doing. We bring in quality guests onto the show, bringing lots of great information like that. So now you know not to take it for granted because the next time we probably have these guests on, it'll probably be premium episodes only. So that's what you got to do. So just go ahead and head over to Patreon right now and take care of that. Become a premium subscriber if you haven't already done so. Other than that, man, hey, Mike, what's going on, man? I'm doing good, man. You know, it feels last week, there's so much happened last week that I feel like it's been a month since I talked to you. Just with the home buying situation, I mean, we could do an entire episode. In fact, I need to talk to you afterwards just just to talk to someone about it. You know, you know know I've had my drama for the last couple of months, man. You know I've had my drama. drama We've got some funny stories, man. Landlord and now switching to Airbnb. And, you know, know, I'm just going to say this, man. Let me tell y'all. First of all, just because someone has a great credit score and they roll in these expensive cars and they have these great jobs or whatever, doesn't mean they still don't suck. <laughs> that they're going to be very responsible, man. So just it's just it's, it's been a it's been a whirlwind. So I can just imagine, you know, you're at that stage. You're at the stage we were about five or six years ago buying right. a house. And then you know the good thing is you've heard from me that it's all bullshit. You know the whole being a homeowner thing. You well, know, what's so. good is yeah, you know I look at home buying honestly as a luxury purchase. I don't look at it, it as is. the optimal investment, investment because right because I could put that money into my business and it would exponentially increase way higher than a house will in 10 years. That's just a reality. And there's many other things I could put it into. You could put it in the stock market, et cetera. I mean, that we could have Rohit Kara come back on and do a whole episode on just that topic. But it's a luxury purchase in the sense that when you own a, own a home, you can make it exactly the way you want. It's yours and all that. So I'm not against home buying. In fact, in the process of being there myself, but you have to look at the realities of it. But what's funny is, I don't know if you've had this situation. Sometimes in life, you hope that someone tries to screw you over just so you can emphatically give them the middle finger. If oh, well, there's so know, much satisfaction that know, comes dude, from that, you're almost glad the situation happened. I just had two back-to-back tenants <laughs> to try to screw us over, and we gave them the finger, and now their credit's going to suffer for it. And now their little luxurious lifestyle is now going to crap because they can't live it anymore because they just wouldn't do the right thing. So right. that's that's karma being served right there, <laughs> you know. And guess I what? Mean, they're, they're not, they're not that. taking the only way they're going to get off the credit them. report. They have to call us, you know, and try <laughs> to clear it. And guess what? No, it ain't happening. It's yours. You're going to keep that, you know. Because all you have to do is do the right thing. Into, it kind of ties into the band we're going to be talking to today. We're going to get to them in a second. But also, one more thing I want to discuss before we introduce them is I actually went to Dr. Julio Garcia. He's been on our show many times. Yeah, how did it turn out? Yeah, I'd had some mesenchymal stem cells injected directly into my left elbow where I've dealt with some pretty bad osteoarthritis for a long time. So that was an interesting experiment. I mean, the needle goes right in to the bone. And you definitely feel that. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. But it's it's been real interesting because the next day, 
And I thought maybe it's just a placebo effect, right? You just had this injection. You're like, okay, you, you read all this information about stem cells and healing. You just automatically hope for the best. The next day I felt, the elbow felt really good. I didn't, the pain was reduced significantly. I've got some range of motion issues there, which have not improved yet. So we'll see what happens. And then now it's, now it's what, three days later, four days later, it happened on Friday. Significant difference. Significant difference. In fact, I have to fight the urge not to do some heavy upper body stuff. He yeah, told me, keep doing deadlifts, keep doing squats. He goes, pull ups, just body weight, overhead press, just leave that alone for a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's been hard to do that because the elbow feels so good. You just have this urge to run over there. You want to test it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, see what I got here. So anyway, right. so far, so good. Sometimes you need more than one injection to get the full benefits. So as I progress down this path, I'll keep everyone updated. And we'll get Dr. Garcia back on the show and talk about yeah. this. Because, I mean, even Thomas Inkledon said he's had 20 stem cell injections as well. So there's, there's a lot of people out there trying really interesting protocols, which honestly would be a lot more ubiquitous if we had more of a free market system, which was which oh, yes. tie into our guest <laughs> real quick. And I'm sure our guests can really talk about that. You know, and I'm with But one you. more thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. One more thing before <laughs> we get to them. Actually, you know what? What's funny is I'm looking at, I was going through a lot of the lyrics that these guys write backwards as the band we're going to talk to in a second. And one of the songs ties in perfectly with how you feel when you're on my aggressive strength testosterone booster. It's a natural testosterone booster. And here's the lyrics of the song is tell me and the lyrics. And I think I can see sincere using this line all the time. Metaphorically, my balls bigger than the Trump Tower or the Eiffel one. That's exactly how you feel. When you're on aggressive strength for a couple of weeks, not just metaphorically, but literally your balls get bigger. A lot of people have reported that. No pictures necessary. I'll take you guys word for it because it's a natural <laughs> testosterone booster. What it does is it concentrates cholesterol in the testes. Cholesterol is a precursor for all sex hormones. So that ramps up natural testosterone production as opposed to taking something exogenous, which will actually make your balls smaller. So you may feel metaphorically you may feel metaphorically that your balls are big, but they're literally going to be smaller. While with right. the aggressive strength testosterone booster, you get the metaphorical feeling and the literal one. So check that out. Go to MikeMahler.com or AggressiveStrength.com. Use that coupon code LLA. All supplements are fully in stock right now. So make sure you place a big order before everything runs out again. All right. Anything else you have to say, man? No, oh, man. Let's, let's get to our guests. We can talk later. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, we have Eric Curry and Alex James of Backwards. The new record is Veracity, and it's an incredible record. It's, it's, it's funny because it came out the same day, March 31st, as Body Count's new record, which I was really looking forward to. I actually hadn't heard of these guys until I picked up the new Body Count record, and then I saw the recommended listing on the side. I'm like, oh, I'll see who these guys are. And I kid you not, I forgot all about that Body Count record. That's once I started listening to this. And the Body Count record is great, don't get me wrong. But I started listening to their new record. I was like, man, this is good. And I've been listening to it basically every day since it came out. It's, it's that good. And that's rare. I'm a huge consumer of music. And most things will catch my attention for maybe a day or two. You listen to it maybe for a week or so. And then you move on to the next band. This is a common experience. But this one has made me pause. So much so that I wanted to have the guys on the show to talk about the record. So, guys, how you doing today? Eric, Alex, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you having us, man. I'm glad to be here. So, man, there's there's so much to talk to. I wanted to start off by just going through a few of the songs and some of the lyrics that stuck out with me. One song in particular, Be Great. 
Okay, one of the lines on there, you're not poor because others are rich. And I really like that because that's one thing I try to convey to others as well is this victim mindset of the reason why I'm not doing well is because other people are doing well. And it's also a socialist mindset of this pie is limited. And if someone owns a big part of that pie, then the rest of the people suffer. So let's talk about that song a little bit. Let's get into that. For sure. Well, I mean, you you really described it very well. Um, I've been a hard worker, man, for you know, I would think I was, uh, most of my life, and um, it pains me to see because it's a lot of propaganda. A lot of it comes from artists and and entertainers, and you know, people that are already at the top. Ironically, but then you get these socialists that you know kind of perpetuate uh, this narrative that like the economy is just this fixed pie. So what happens is everybody always shoots to the top, and they say, well, these people have X amount of money. And you can see that in just about every comparison. Uh, when, when even talking about these issues, it's like, right, well, CEO makes this much money. Uh, the cashier makes that much money. And they look at that discrepancy as if, all right, well, because that person is making this much money, they will completely try to disregard what that person maybe had to do there, the sacrifices right. that they've this person had to make to get up there in the first place, but it's based no off of a fallacy. And, and, and that is that, well, the economy is a fixed pot. And so as long as they have all of this money, I can't bring in any sort of income. And this is completely false. And, and the whole entire song is about that, that idea of uh, really accepting. And that, that's really, I started seeing success, not just in music, but in life in general. I was in the private sector for a long time, uh, yeah. working like, like a, regular individual and it wasn't until i uh started accepting my own faults and uh accepting things that were uh you know my my own fault as opposed to trying to pin it on other people that i right. began began to see success and and that's what the song you know is about is looking at failure uh seeing that failure and looking at that like all right well what did i do wrong and you know but that's that is on me you know that's what the course is talking about like, if i fail it's on me you know so essentially that my success um, or wherever I go, succeed or fail, it's, it, at least is determined by me and not some, you know, guy in a suit or boogeyman that I'm pointing to. You know what I mean? And that's really what the, what the whole entire song is about. Well, you also you know, it's, it's so funny because it's, it's so funny because that, that is such that argument. And when you say, oh, man, you know, everybody needs their fair share and blah, blah. This is such a, as I call it, a third world argument. When I say a third world, it's because if we know our history, we know that pretty much everything in the West pretty much came in last. All these other, you know, places mm -hmm. that they normally call third world countries were here first. So, you know, you got your numbers twisted, first of all. So these right. are third world problems, you know, that because people in those first world, they're not think they're not talking about this stuff. They're not arguing about this right. stuff. They're not sitting there talking about the man's got his foot on my neck and I, you know, he's holding me back. You know, they're living their life, man, because they don't have time to sit there and bitch and complain and hashtag their feelings all day long. And right. then talk about, you know, everybody needs their fair share. Because it always comes down to, okay, what is that? What is that fair share? Well, <laughs> you know, what have you done? Like, have you done the exact same thing? Just like you said, have you done the exact same thing this other person did to get to that position or be successful? Have you put in that effort? Have you put in that sweat equity? Have you done that? Obviously, I feel like you haven't because you have time. 
you have time to be on here and bitch and complain <laughs> about, true. you know, about, you know, who's got their foot on the back of your neck. You know, instead of you reaching I mean, up you also, and, you also know, don't and hit them in the knee there. and taking them down, you know, if they got their foot on your neck, why are you not defending yourself? You know, if that's the case, because <laughs> right. you're sitting there being a victim getting stomped on. I'm like, nah, dude, no one's putting their foot on my neck. I'm going to fight back. Right. And how do you fight back? It's like you, you, you go out there, take what talents you have, and you put in the sweat, and you become successful. And that's how you get back at them. And guess what? A lot of times, those people that you think that have their foot on your neck, they'll see that you're putting in that work. They're going to want you around them because they won't Absolutely. be around successful people. They don't want to be around a bunch of damn beggars. You know, I wouldn't want to be, I don't want to Absolutely. be around a bunch of damn beggars. You know, so that includes family members, friends, whatever else. I'll cut you off in a minute, you know, because I want to be surrounded by successful people. But guess what that means? I have to be, I have to sweat. I got to, I got to do my part. So I got to put in my fair share, you know, just to be around these successful people. I can't be some loser bitching and complaining, thinking I get the right and I'm entitled to hang out with you just because. Oh no, we went to elementary school together. Like, yeah, but <laughs> you know that doesn't you, get, you, hang out. you get into that, Eric, in the song as well. That the, as the lyrics continue, another passage that really stuck out is: if you spent as much time working on your craft as you did complaining, you wouldn't have the time or energy to be worried about everybody else. And that basically right, right. says it all, right there. Absolutely, no. That's exactly what you know. I'm trying to convey in, in, in that in that lyric. It's uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where. Uh, I, I feel like it's, it's very odd to me that a lot of people that I see complaining, like these protests that are happening, and you start seeing some of these familiar faces. I'm like, man, y'all should have had a lot of time to be protesting <laughs> um, all these things that are going on. Like, that's time that you could be putting in and working on your craft, that you could be they, seeing they, the same success <laughs> as the people that you're crying about. Yeah, right. a lot of those people are getting paid to do that, though. So they're actually making money. Very they're they're earning their fair share. <laughs> being these, these, these crisis actors and, and these people that are protesting because someone big, high and mighty is paying those people to always show up and start trouble. You know, they're not really yeah. caring about those causes that they speak about. And that's a lot of things people that's don't true. talk about. These, these, these talking heads now who are on all, making their way around all the news channels, you know, especially the ones that are the, the news channels that tend to, that tend to cater to those who's being the victim, you know, that they're talking about, that these, these right. talking heads are talking about. So I'm like, dude, well, okay, what exactly are you doing besides marching? I mean, first of all, I commend you for exercising, you know, getting off your ass. <laughs> so therefore, you're not, you're not costing me a lot of money, you know, as far as health care, you know, because you're sitting around getting fat and bitching and complaining like a lot of people are doing watching TV. But you're out here marching, and what is that going to do? You know, you're screaming at each other on these talk shows, but what is that going to do? What are you really doing? Because if you were out there doing it, you wouldn't have time to do this stuff. You wouldn't have time to be sure. bitching and complaining every week, every night on a new news show. I'm like, what did you do today? <laughs> well, you were on Twitter bitching and complaining. I'm like, damn, dude, when do you have time to be a real activist? Okay, because you're not right. very active. <laughs> you know, an well, you have, a, you have a song. You have a song about that as well, Eric. I mean, professional protester gets into that <laughs> quite a bit. And there's a passage there I really like too. So many folks call themselves pro-black, ready to march at the drop of a hat, but they won't dare to criticize the folks in their own town running their city into the ground. And that's, that basically embodies the situation exactly. really well. So what inspired this song? Oh man, that was, uh, I, I, you can kind of see the flavor of the album start to change because that, yeah. that song was written the same time as uh, like Utopias Don't Exist, which has a similar theme, excuse me. And it, it, that took place when the whole Freddie Gray and all that kind of yeah. stuff was, was popping off and everybody was marching like in every city, like constantly. So I'm sitting here like it's a, it's a professional protest. And like every, every time I look on my timeline of people that I grew up with, like, yeah, in South Dallas, we're going to be, uh, you know, marching for it. I'm like, golly, that was just two days ago. Y'all was just, 
That was just marching. You know what I mean? Like right. it's it's a professional it's a professional protester. <laughs> but the thing is, and it's very odd to me, uh, that these people don't put the same sort of criticism to the people that are literally right next to them. Not the people these yeah. are the people that they can directly influence because they are the uh, that's why I was saying in the song, it's like they're your uncle, they're your cousin, or your brother, and you sit back and say nothing. And it, and, and yeah. I was going around like, it seems like they're scared because they want to criticize, like, yeah, gangbangers, I used to bang and do do all that stuff back in the gap. So I know what it is to terror. You tell, you're literally terrorizing your own city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not, to, it's not to say that the cops or that may do the similar things because you get all free. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to a much higher degree and to people that you're closer to because you don't live with these cops or anything like that. These are people that, you know, you know that are related to, and everybody's looking the other way like this isn't actually, you know, happening. I'm way more likely to get, uh, you know, shot by, yeah. you know, rather than some rich white person, you know, behind a suit you know, controlling a cop or something like that, I'm right. way more likely to get aired out by somebody that's the same skin tone as me uh, right. that I would think to consider my, my brother or, or, or something of that nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just a reality. It's a thing that people don't yeah. want to want to talk about because it, it, it requires actually, you know, that's when you're actually like actual accountability. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to own it. Saying, Look, exactly. we messing, we messing up. And this, again, it's not to say that they should get off like the state. I'm, I'm the biggest criticizer of the state. You can hear that in my, in my list. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Criticize. I criticize the state all day long, but I'm, I wouldn't dare pretend like, they uh, are the only ones that are, you know, hurting these communities or anything like that. I won't even pretend like they're the biggest uh, component of that because I look at not only just what these guys are doing that are, you know, self-inflicted wounds with the voting habits and all of these things that people are doing that they could correct themselves. They don't have to be looking to the act. The external is going to be the external. You know I mean, you, it's, it's going to be a lot harder to influence those people as opposed to the people that are your neighbor or you're related to your family members and stuff like that. And I see these people that will tweet all day long or be on Facebook all day long talking about marches and then act like, you know, again, some 10-year-old. I was saying the other day some 10-year-old got shot in a crossfire in New Jersey. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In a crossfire, two gang members, uh, uh, several gang members shooting at each other. And they yeah. look at that and it's like, well, yeah, it happens. And, you know, we might do a, 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 a stop the violence protest every, you know, <laughs> once every year or something like that. Right. But it's not to the degree of what they would criticize if the you know the cop shot a uh, a brother or something like mm-hmm. that, and that's what I mean when I talk about these professional protests. Because honestly, at this point, it was irritating because I'm like, damn, these guys keep protesting and protesting and marching and, and marching, and the people that are directly, literally terrorizing their towns get all free. Some of you guys brag about this type of stuff yeah. uh, or these type of people that go around terrorizing your own communities. Exactly. It's, it's funny that you, know, you even brought up just the way that they're voting every year and whatnot. Mm. Here's the, you know, here's the biggest issue with that. It's like, OK, first of all, to sit there and protest when a cop shoots a black kid, it's easy to do that and get on TV and grandstand or whatever, because, you know, it seems like, oh, oh, it's the cops versus black people. It's like we already yep. saw how big that was back in 1992. Let's see if we can relive right. that Rodney King thing again and have this great news. But when you sit there and protest, like, you know what, we got to get these, we're, we're tired of these drug dealers being in our neighborhood and we're going to fight them. And, you know, we need the news to come down and, sh- sh- you know, see what we're doing here. And they're like, oh, whoa. I mean, nobody cares about that, <laughs> you know, because right. that's what you, you know, that's what you've been doing all this time. So that's not even news. You know, that's an everyday occurrence for you. So, you yep. know, and, yep. and, and there are other communities and, and it's not going to rile up anyone that 
doesn't look like you if you're talking about what you're doing against those that look like you that are doing that commit right. crimes against you. But if you sit there and if you're like you got these this big group of black people, you know, getting mad at the cops, then I know that's going to piss off people that support the cops, and that's going to create this big mess, and it's going to be great news for everybody because now we're going to divide people up. So whereas the other way it looks, you know, the other way around, you got a big you know, all these people in the black community coming together to take down these these criminals and everybody, in, and also with Latinos as well doing the same thing. Yep. And that doesn't look like division. That actually looks like they're coming together, and no one gives a shit about that, <laughs> you know. So yep. that's what the news is thinking. That's not big news for them. And one of the biggest issues with that is also like you were saying about the voting. Every time, traditionally since 1964, you know, since, yep. or, I, yeah, since 1964, that's when the majority of brown-skinned people switched their vote from Republican to Democrat because of the Civil mm-hmm. Rights Act. And it was well mm-hmm. played on Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson's part. Because oh, he said, hey, you know, once, it, once I pass this, this law, yeah, yeah, once I pass this law, I'm going to have these ends, you know, voting Democrat for the next 200 years. Well played, yep. LBJ, because... <laughs> you might as well. Your name should have been Nostradamus, you know, because so far <laughs> right. that's what's been going on. But if you look at pretty much every crime-ridden neighborhood in every crime-ridden big city, it is controlled by a Democrat, you know, and so and and and, and it has a lot of brown-skinned faces there, and that's where all the crime is happening. So you, you got to stop and think for a minute. Like, wait a minute, there's a high crime area. I got a Democratic mayor, a Democratic, you know. You know, city council member and all this is like, and I keep voting for this fool, but nothing's happening and they, they're not backing up their promises, including having a president for eight years that you backed up, you know, who's still, they, people still hashtag and steal my president. I'm like, he was never your president. He was never your president. You couldn't afford for him to be your president. That's above your pay grade. He's not your president. You can't afford him. Right. Okay. He was bought by other people, banks, you know, um, I don't know, the auto industry, all those people, you know. So it's not your president at the most part. So my thing is, if, if you're doing the same thing over and over and nothing's changing, it means it's time to change. And I'm like, yeah, and trust me, don't sit there and think like, oh, sincere must be Republican. Like, dude, I I don't participate in any parties. I'm not going to claim any party. I'm claiming what's going to help people. That's what I'm going to do. That's where my vote would go. And so that's I'm looking at, okay, what is it that you truly can do? And most importantly, right. what is it that I can do? Because I'm not trying to leave it all in the, at the ballot. At, at the ballot box. Absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. You gotta, but that's how you that's how this country was really built. They look, man, nobody was sitting there in seventeen seventy six trying to take votes on what what should we let's vote out the British. No, they're like, let's grab yeah. the guns. People, because we don't have a military, the people, that's right. what that militia means, people, the people. That does not mean the military. So go back and, all you anti-gunners, go back and read that Second Amendment, then do your history. Come on, people, grab your guns. If you're an able-bodied person of sound mind, grab your guns, get out here and train, take, you know, get fit, and when these suckers come over here acting a fool, we're going to take them out. And, right. and that's what they did. And now they got a word for that. It's called tyranny. And that's the reason why they wrote yep. the Constitution. So most of the people that are sitting there screaming and protesting, whatever else, are people who have who probably failed history class or they went to a very liberal school where they left out a yep. lot of stuff. And so <laughs> people think that that's all right. And, you know, I'm kind of glad I was raised in northeast Texas, which during the 80s, you know, still had a little bit of that old school, you know, pre-civil rights, you know, era too, where they were still very patriotic. Well, here's the Constitution. This is how it went down. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. all just, you know. Too much free thought going on. It's just like, here are the facts. I don't care about your feelings. Right. Here are the facts. And right. I was like, and that's Absolutely. what people need to get back to now. You know, facts, not feelings. So, you know, get mm-hmm. the facts first, and then you can have a, you can feel whatever you want about it, but it doesn't change it. You know, nature doesn't give a damn about how you feel about climate control. The, the air is still fucked up. <laughs> whether right. you believe it or not, <laughs> you know, whether you're going to believe in it or not, the air is fucked up. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's getting worse. And yes, the, the iceberg, everything's melting. Okay, and you got animals that are morphing into these creatures or whatever else because of the shit that's going in the water and in the food. It's happening. Whether you want to believe it or not, nobody gives a damn about what you believe. It's facts. It's not about what you know, it's what you can prove. You know, and I take that back right. like above the law and Dr. Dre on that one, man, you know? <laughs> right. Well, you have, you have to look at why something is found appealing, and there's a level of underlying learned helplessness. Oh, where yeah. someone is offering a lot of free stuff, and that sounds appealing. Like I was saying on Twitter today, I go, no one complains about discrimination when it works in your favor. And I'm going to I'm going to provide some funny examples, and then we'll get into something deeper, and then I want your feedback, Eric. Okay, funny example that no one's going to protest about, but it'd be funny if someone did is Jim down the street, right? It says women join for free. Now. Uh, I don't see I don't see anyone out there going, well, that's discrimination against men. How come men can't join for free? Imagine if they flipped that and said men join for free. Women have to pay. There'd be the, the professional protesters would be out there right now. <laughs> another another one is is ladies night at a club, right? Ladies drink for free. That's a form of discrimination, but no woman is complaining about that because it benefits you. So anytime discrimination works in your favor, we're all cool with that. Oh, you're going to hire me because of my race, even though I'm not qualified and I'm going to get yeah. paid well. No one's <laughs> right. going to say no to that. Although if they really believe their own bullshit, if you, like, if, you, if you believe discrimination is wrong, you should say, you know what? I'm not going to take this job because it's not fair that you're hiring me for this specific reason. You're hiring me right. only because I'm a woman. You're hiring me because I'm a black guy. You're not hiring me because I'm qualified. But how many times right. have you ever heard someone say, I'm going to turn down these forms of discrimination that work in my favor. Well, they'll come up with excuses. They're like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take the job so I can get in, and then I can make it better for all the others that look like me later on Yo, down the line. Okay. Like, you, keep, you keep sucking your own you-know-what with that one, okay, buddy? <laughs> okay. Somebody, somebody, whatever you got to tell yourself, you know, sit there, just, just admit it. You're, all you do is care, you're caring about yourself. It's not about the bigger picture. It's not about anyone that looks like you that's, that's coming, ap- coming in after you. You know, so, but my thing is, you know, getting back to what you're saying, Mike, another, it's, it's a very entitled generation, you know, going from this point. But, you know, a lot of people want to blame just millennials for this, but it's like, don't get it twisted. You know, there's a lot of people from our generation. There's a lot of Gen Xers. About half of them felt entitled as well, because here's the biggest problem that parents do to their kids. A lot of parents say this, and, you know, especially in our community. I just don't want you to have to go through what I went through. I want your life to be, you know, a lot easier than mine. No, no, I don't. (laughs) I need you you to struggle. I need you to understand what the struggle feels like. You know, I don't want you to be in pain. I don't want you to get hurt and and something bad happened to you as far as physically or mentally, like getting abused or something like that. But I do want you to understand what the struggle is like. So when you finally get whatever it is that you're after, you will appreciate it. If I just give it to you, you won't give a damn about it. It's it's lotto syndrome. Somebody sits there and wins the freaking lotto and they've been broke all their life. They don't know what to do with all that money. And you see musicians like that all the time. It's just like, you know, all of a sudden you've been struggling, struggling, struggling. And then you get this, all of a sudden this record label sees you and they're like, oh, he can be the hot thing of the moment. You know, we need that music right there. You know, that's what's hot. So you sign this multi-million dollar contract, (laughs) you know, it's crazy how slavery works now. It's like now it's voluntary. <laughs> now it's just like instead of yeah. someone just taking you, you actually give it up. Like, hey, come buy me. I'm for sale. Right. But then you have a problem right. with prostitutes. 
you know, and anyone else. It's like, oh, that's that should be illegal. Well, you're prostituting yourself. What's the difference? At least she's getting some pleasure right. out of this a, a little bit, maybe. To my, if she's up there high enough, she can actually pick her own like her own clients, her own Johns. Whereas you can't. Right. That record label tells you where you need to go, who you need to be with, Absolutely. what radio station you need to go to. Here's how much per diem you get. Which it's like, look, this is how much you can eat today. That's what per diem is all about. This is how much you eat today, little slave. You know, so it's no different right. than how slavery was back in the day. The only thing is now the faces of slavery don't all match. They're not just black and brown. Right. It's, it's all types of, you know, different ethnicities now participating in the slavery and being under control. But it's voluntary servitude for the most part mm. in these Western countries. You know, you're giving up your rights and freedoms on your own. They're not being taken from you because you've got the power to take your freedom. So, so my yep. thing is you, you're sitting here. It's, it's a lot of things we agree to. Taxes. You know, you know, you know, of course, I know with a lot of my libertarian friends, you know, I always see their shirts, you know, taxation is theft. You know, yeah. I'm like, it's not stealing when you give it to someone, dude. <laughs> okay, it's like, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it's not yeah, theft. It's a gift. No, taxation I, is a I, gift. I came, That's what it is. <laughs> I just came, I just came uh, from, from H&R, you know, block to do my taxes. But it's funny that you, you, you touched on a, uh, uh, a point about, you know, labels. And I think it's a, it's uh, it obviously you know kind of leads into what we what we've done, but you know the approach with life as well. Um, and I know Alex can go into a little uh, you know in depth with that a little bit as well. You know what I mean? But you know it's 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 one of those things. So that was a, a huge a huge aspect of of, of backwards and what we wanted to do because uh, you see everything that's wrong with the world and you see a lot of that kind of carry over in uh into uh at least the metal and you know rock genres that we're in um and, and labels when they get involved it it's uh, uh we wanted to control what it is that we do instead of having to you know and it, and it, and it, and it, and it feels you know good because what happens is that we know we earned you know when we debuted as the number one alternative new artist um we that's a big deal you know and we did that you know it wasn't because some label you know, suck somebody off or paid paid all for this press and everything. Like right. we did that. You know, we it was organic and we we did that, so it feels better. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's and it also incentivized us to to work our, our tails off. And again, I was going to adapt to this as well because we didn't have the luxury that a lot of these guys have. Well, I, I don't want to call it a luxury it, for face value. Maybe it is, but you know, you you owe you're in debt immediately once you you know, signed to a label or something like that. But it, it's, we didn't, we didn't go that route. You know, we went to, we stayed independent and we stayed in control of what we, what we did. And we controlled our own destiny as opposed to having to have a label decide it, it for us. And I think that's a story that doesn't matter what uh, field you're in or anything like that. I think that's right. kind of the, yeah. the idea, right? Is to, you want to work your tail off and if it feels better, you're incentivized when it's all you and you, you have the risk, you know, you're That's incentivized right. to want to succeed as opposed to somebody else really plastering you over everybody's face. And it's really not organic. It's just unauthentic uh, growth. And well, you, you want, you want to control way. your own content, which is what you guys Single. do, which was very smart because I, this is something that I see a lot of bands making this mistake where one, they don't control their own content Two, They don't take charge of their finances in terms of promoting tours and all that stuff on their own. They delegate all of that stuff out way too yep. early. I mean, I can understand delegating it out at a certain point, but way early in the game, you should take charge of all of that stuff yourself. And any business right. person should do this. 
because that's money Absolutely. that you're keeping with you rather than paying out. And then you want to control distribution is very important. And I sell nutrition supplements, right? I design the formulas mm -hmm. myself. I put it together. I pay people to manufacture it. Distribution is my website, though. I don't go through GNC and Vitamin Shop and all these third parties so that I make way more per sale, but I also control my income because I'm not reliant on cat favoritism from different companies to help me distribute it. If I have a falling out with right. Vitamin Shop or GNC or maybe they decide to stop selling it, my income is gone. If I have distribution on my website and I control that, it's all on me. I can and you know, wait. I can navigate the waters. And you don't have to wait your turn. You know, like you know, Vitamin Shop and GNC, you're fighting for that end cap. You know, that visibility and that shelf, that shelf space. You know, so when they feel like they, you know, that you're not the hot product anymore, you know, they'll move you down where you're on that bottom row where no one's going to notice you. Just like with in the music industry, it's just like okay, you know, but you know, our bigger artist right now, who's the hot thing of the moment, is coming out. So we're going to push your album back. One thing I hate about working at record labels is going in and telling these DJs that this 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 artist is coming out, get them all hyped up about it. And then the label says, you know, like, oh, yeah, we have the album's getting pushed back. And then they'll do it two or three times. And then guess who's looking like Boo Boo the Fool in front of the guys that's actually going to be the ones that's going to get the record to spin. And that's me going in because every time I go in and they're like, hey, man, where's that so-and-so record you talking about? When's it coming out? Got pushed back. And then it happens again and again. So what ends up happening starts messing with your rep, man. And you're worried with these people and the relationships that you build with them. So, you know, one thing about being in control of your own music is like, hey, we're putting the album out on this date. You can do that. Nothing can stop you but yourself. <laughs> That's the thing about it. It's, it's we actually, you. we actually had a really, a really interesting uh, conversation with a guy on our our most recent tour about something similar to that. Um, you know, we were talking about how we, you know, put two years, invested two years of of time and money and hard work into this, getting ready for this album. We pushed our, we pushed our album back several times, waiting for the right moment, waiting for the right content. You know, just mm -hmm. making sure everything was perfect, making sure it was everything was done on our terms. And we were talking to some guys, and they had mentioned something to us that caught Eric and I both. We both kind of gave each other the same sort of look. I think when he when he said it, and he's like, "Our you know our lip, our label kind of picked a, a weird song to put out for our next track." And yeah. like it was right. completely out of their hands. And we and we just you know after after the show was over, we're sitting there talking in the bus, and I'm just like, man, I couldn't imagine a situation where someone who has nothing to do with this band other than we've signed our lives to them, comes in and tells yeah. us, no, nah, you guys can't do anything until this day, and you're going to release this track because this is the one we want you to release. I dealt with it and all the time, man. And they've just been sitting man. on an album for over a year, not being able to re release it, you know, because the label yeah, doesn't I mean, want to release it. I dealt with that a lot because like, I worked in marketing. I mean, they're telling promotion. you what to do with your own content. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. this is your music that you guys made. You came up with all the lyrics or everything, everything with this. But here's how it's going to play out. Here's how your career is going to play out. Well, here's, you know, here's the issue power. with that. You know, here's the issue with that. You know, I've dealt with that a lot. You know, because I worked in marketing promotions at these labels. You, what you end up having back, you know, I say like in the '90s, you would have the A and R guy is the guy's like, okay, they're the ones that went out. Which is this is a rare thing now because now with all the reality shows, no one. I feel bad for the A and R guy. You know, he he's been replaced by reality shows. And, and people calling in to pick artists now, you know, but this was a guy that was supposed to be like he would have he would be in touch with the pulse of that of that community of the people that you want to buy that record. He was the guy that was going out and hearing, you know, hearing on the streets the buzz about, hey, man, you heard about you guys backwards, right? Like, huh? Who? You know, who is this? I keep hearing about these guys. Where are they going to be next? The A&R guy was the one that's always asking. He's the one that, you know, 
he's had his ear to the street. So he would go and he would listen, check the band out live, and then he'd look around the crowd and see the energy these guys are giving, like, wow. So he's already seen, he's already looked beyond the studio. He's looking at, okay, yep. tour-wise, these guys, this is where the money's going to be anyway, the tour. It's not going to be from selling records. You know, where you're pretty much making a penny every sale, a couple of pennies every sale by the time everybody's got got their hands into it from claiming that you owe them this and owe them that. So, you know, he knows that, okay, this, it's going to be about the tour. And this is where the longevity comes in because there are a lot of one-hitter quitters that just made a good studio album or claim to be a good studio album. We never heard from them again. You know, the 80s is chock full of those people and the 90s. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, these days... I mean, it's not even a whole album anymore. No one's even buying whole albums anymore. It's not even been pushed. It's like, you know, a million singles on iTunes or whatever else. And I, I look back and I'm like, is that really a good claim to fame to have? That you were number one on iTunes? <laughs> you know, just because that means you really were, you truly admitted to being the spur of the moment, that, that flavor of the month. Because with iTunes, I mean, hell, look at the podcast, Mike. It's just like, you know, one minute some, you're in the top ten on a podcast, and, you get, and next thing you know, here comes these other podcasts out of nowhere. And, and with nothing to back them up, why they're in the top ten. They just came out. You know, the thing is, it's just like we don't know what their algorithm is about at iTunes or whatever else. But anyway, getting back to the point, you know, with A&R. So now you've got issues where you have these consultants. They don't even go with A&R now. They have these consultants from markets, and, and, and they're all about the money. They're all about, you know, what's selling right now. And they'll tell you, they'll come in your market. They come into Houston, some consultant from Louisville, Kentucky. You know, that's where his office is based out of. We'll tell the Houston market, tell the radio stations in the Houston market, this is what's hot and this is what your this is what your listeners want to hear. Well, the thing okay. is, he never consulted with those listeners. He never came to the he, he's telling you got this guy, this stiff. And I'll be straight up. It's a white guy in a suit, you know, in, in freaking, right. let's just say like Erie, Pennsylvania, you know, and he's telling us that the people in Fifth Ward in Houston, in Fifth Ward, this urban area wants the urban radio station to play this. And this is what they want to listen to. And this dude's never stepped foot, not only in Houston, but even in Fifth Ward. <laughs> so he's going right. to tell them this is what these people want to hear. And then the radio station rolls with that. And then, you know, next thing you know, the label saying, well, see, look. Look, the radio station's planning. This is what they want to hear. So we made a good choice by picking that single off the album because, you know, the consultant, you know, it was told us that that one that you guys wanted to pick wouldn't have been good for the market. And look, here you go. See, we made the best choice. No, you paid the best choice. That's what you did. You paid for that. And authentic. That's what, and that's what, that's what we said about, you know, with our album, uh, how unauthentic it was because when it came down to it, look at the sales. You know, all the labels that wanted to sign us and their artists who are, you know, getting plastered again over everybody's face. They, they're the ones that get deals on the, on the, you know, tour or the radio, um, and right. stuff. And we like tripled their sales. You know what I mean? And we, it was a, this was a self release. You know what I mean? So it, it showed that half these guys don't know what they're talking about. But the point that, you know, like to, to the point that Alex made and us talking to some of these other artists like on tour, I was like, that just is a, such an uncomfortable, situation to be in i think is that right. you have put your like because how it works now when i'm you know with you you know being involved in, in, in marketing in the, in the you know, industry and you know like you can record like 20 songs and your songs the ones that you even thought were your favorite might not even make the make the album because the label right. is deciding what's going to be on there that's to me is just it's insane like if i made the record like we we chose what was going to go on on our album? Nobody had any sort of choice over that. But we, we hear these other artists, and that's that's what they're talking like. Oh well, the label chose to 
the weird, the, the most odd song kind of. It doesn't sound like anything on the album. But <laughs> they chose, they chose that to put out. And I was even looking at some of the comments like on that song that they put out. Yeah, it was almost like they knew because everybody's like, "This is a weird kind of sounding song." The fans were like, "It's a weird sounding sounding song." And the late the bands like, they got to sit back and take that. They got to sit back and take it. Like, yeah, we didn't have any choice over over this being on the the, the, the single. It's insane to me. It's so insane. Doing damage. Yeah. 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 basically what it was. Right. Yeah. So what is what is the deal, you guys? What is the deal, you guys have structured? You're you're with Stay Sick Recordings. Why did you choose to go that route? Well, all they do is help us, uh, like they press the physical copies and they helped us with, you know, distribution. They also helped us with uh, a little, it was kind of package deal with, with who we work with on the, on the, uh, on the press side. But as far as the record itself, and they had nothing to do with that. Like it was that we paid them. Like it wasn't the other way, uh, essentially around. It's like, all right, well, this is how much this is going to cost to get it out there. Okay. This is yours. You know, this, this is your cut. You know, uh, of helping us get that get that out there. But as far as right. like the publishing and everything with the band, we own all of that. The direction right. we own all of that. When the when the record's gonna you know uh, you know come out of what song, what music video we want to shoot, what tour we do, all of that is us. Like you know, so and that's what we were hoping to be trailblazers. A lot of big artists are asking me about that. Like, what do we do? And I'm like, you know, has anybody ever thought instead of Getting them to pay because you know a typical deal band the uh, label gives you all X amount of money they own everything the master the publishing uh, you know every, everything and you don't make anything off of that and then they decide where you're gonna go which where you're gonna jump on and all that I was like why don't y'all just work or you know go save money and why don't you pay them you know what I mean and I and I, I picked that up from Master P because um, yeah. you know looking at some of what he was doing like with No Limit back in the day. And and he was like, that's what, instead of paying me, I paid them. You know what I mean? So then I'm not obligated. I'm not in debt to anybody. Uh, and they can help me with a service. The only service I'm really pro- helping, they're, they're providing really is essentially getting my stuff in stores. You know what I mean? Everything else, I, I, it's it's in, like, definitely in a digital age, like, labels are almost obsolete. But nobody is nobody is thinking critically about it. It's, you know, they, they sign these people who have, Never again work in the private sector, so they can't sniff out BS. You know that's the right. unfortunate thing. Like they get guys that are that are like either right out of high school or something like that. A youngster that ain't never you know lived with their mama for so, so, such and such time. They never really had anything. You know what I mean? They never had to work. You know what I mean? Like I, I was really in the gym industry and you know hotel and resort industry doing business, and then I was in IT. Feel like this is like I was actually in the process. So I had to work to keep these lights on. So you know, and I'm managing you know million dollar uh, companies and stuff like that. So when I'm like you know when I'm seeing this and I can sniff this out, and I look at the standard record. They call it you know the the, the quote unquote you know uh, I uh, you know the label standard or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like this doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you jump in a, a three album deal with with a four out fourth album option and on top of that you don't own anything? Why does that make sense to you? And you the one that you make this go round. You're the artist. Without you, nobody knows who these label execs are. Right. Your producer and nobody knows they they there to see you. So why ain't you making the most money? Well, pe- people that, like the well, idea like of someone else providing something for you, right? Like I'll give you an example. Yeah. In my world, I've had different book deals over the years and. Each book deal is always, we'll pay you a small fee to write the book, and then we'll give you a 10% royalty. Now, that's nothing. 
you can write the book yourself right. and have a hundred percent royalty if you know what you're doing. If you if you have distribution, which is what I ended up doing, both of my books are self published. But why people find this enticing is a couple of things. One, they're not risking any of their own money, but they're risking mm-hmm. something much bigger, as you just already eloquently stated. But what's really enticing is the ego gratification. They want to have their book at Barnes and Noble so they can take a friend in there and be like, hey, look, my book's on this shelf. My book's there. On the, on the very bottom, like Sincere State, it's in a place where no one's going to find it. I mean, you have to, you, you have to, you have to go <laughs> through the, the margin section. It's in the margin section. Yeah, you have, to, you have to go find the employee to help you find your own book at the bookstore to show <laughs> someone else. And there's one copy there on a shelf that no one's going to see, but it makes you feel important. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm a great author. I'm not making any money off of this. In fact, I probably lost Take buddy. a selfie in front of it. Show your friends. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's most exactly exactly you want your mom and your aunt and your uncle bought, and you know, <laughs> so I sold three copies. You know, but you know, another thing is getting back to what Eric said. A lot of another reason why you know some of these guys are doing this and ladies too is the fact they just don't know. You know what you don't know, and and right. and so they end up they don't have an idea how to do this stuff, and they feel helpless, and they get to that point where I just want I just want to make music. I don't want to learn all this right. stuff, or, or or they feel like I don't have enough. Like that label wants us now. I really, or the you know, this music is coming out now. I don't have time to sit and go study marketing. I don't have time. To, like, mm-hmm. Look, dude, what when you're not making music, what are you doing besides eating and sleeping? Oh, uh, just right. watching TV. During that time, you could be reading a book. You could be on a on a website. You could be on entrepreneur.com, reading tips right. com, reading tips Forbes com. In fact, reading. Okay, who who is it that influenced you? Who do you like the most? Blah, blah. Well, you know, I like Jay-Z. I like this, this. Read his story. Damon John, read his story. You know, read and get inspired right. from that. And then it's like, because a lot of these cats, guess what? They didn't go to school. You know, they didn't get it. True. And I'll say this much, and I'll give this to Eric. It's like, oh, and by the way, here's a guy that's on, on this. And, and okay, yeah, you hear this music, and you think one way. You see him, and you think one way. Like, this has got two masters. And then it's like, oh, my God. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never knew because there's this image now because thanks to a lot of the, the, the record label saying this is what we want this type of music and, and the artist to look like. And this is what I want you to mm-hmm. talk about. And now they've just totally just don't even think about that. OK, I'm a real human being, man. Like, OK, this is an image. This is not who I am. But this is who you sold. This is who you sold your soul to be. And guess what? Bingo. And then you get pissed off when they think that's who you are. And you're like, that's not who I am, man. Blah, blah, blah. Well, dude, that's who you signed up to be. So now don't get pissed yep. off because you made an agreement and we agreed with your agreement. And now you change your <laughs> right. mind about the deal. And now you feel like we need to change our minds. No, you baptized us and, and, and mesmerized us with this image of who you are. You know, no matter how right. you try, try hard, you know, to say who you're not. Like, I remember, um, like Ludacris. When he finally, when he really, when he got bitten by the acting bug, you know, let's just say um, after traffic, and he sees like, wait a minute, I was in this movie that actually got nominated for an Oscar. You know, things could actually change, you know, so let me kind of just change up what I rap about and everything else. But right. when I'm acting, let me, I don't want to go by Ludacris. My, my name is Chris Bridges. Like, nah, dude, you spent a <laughs> lot of time and energy letting everybody know right. your name was Ludacris. Okay. Yeah. You know, so after, after you stop working at the radio station in Atlanta and you start becoming an artist, you worked hard and you're making all these stripper anthems and all this other stuff, but now you're getting mad because no one's taking you serious as an actor. Calm down, dude, because that's what you told us. That's, look, man, my Angelo right. 101. It's like when someone, you know, shows you who they are, believe them the first time. So make sure right. that your first impression is a good one, man. So and don't get pissed Absolutely. off, you know. I mean, I give it to The Rock. He's worked long and hard. You know, he didn't sit there and expect you just to forget that he wrestled in the WWE for, you know, for all right. 15 years. You know, and so he he knew what he was doing, He but he was patient. And eventually he got more in control of everything. That's why he kind of, that's why he let go of that whole The Rock thing when he ever did, whenever he did a movie, because he got tired of giving Vince McMahon a cut of his money. 
for that name right. that the WWE right. owned. You know, so until the point where he came in like, okay, we, we're, we're going to share that name. You're not going to get complete control of that name. You know, so, right. and so again, you got to learn the game. So it's, and trust me, yeah, he went to college, played football, whatever else, but he didn't like go for marketing and all that. It's just like you get around right. the right people, man. You learn from those people. You shut your mouth and listen to them and don't act like Absolutely. you know it all. You know, and you take Absolutely. notes. And if you sit there like, hey, I want to, you know, have lunch with you. First of all, buy the fucking lunch. Don't don't right. invite someone to lunch. You know, and then just like, and then trust me, make it worth their time. It's like, okay, I'm about to do this. Why should I have lunch with you? Make it worth their time, man. So right. that's another thing. You know, Mike and I always talk about that too, these energy vampires that always want to pick your brain. But, you know, my thing is feed my mind, dude. Don't pick my brain. So my thing is I feel right. like you don't have the type of nourishment for my brain. I'm probably not going to meet you for lunch because all you're going to do is just keep asking me a million damn things and not do one of them. Well, it's a form right. of laziness as well because anything you want to know about any topic is there for you to find. It's there. The information is here now. It's free. Again, you want to feel important having someone in front of you. But let, let's take this theme back to some of your songs, guys, because one thing I've noticed about you, I've, I don't know if it was you, Alex, or you, Eric, that responded to Bernie Sanders. He put up some post about free education, and you guys were like, that's a big mistake. Go listen to Praxology, right, one of your songs. That's probably so let's get into that because I, I actually have pretty strong views about medical care and higher education, but in particular medical care, like I don't think it sh- should be, co- I don't think there should be any insurance. I think it should be something you pay for. We'll get into that in a second, but let's talk about higher education. What provoked this song? Oh man. You want to go with that, uh, Alex? Yeah, jump on Alex. You haven't, we haven't given you enough time here. <laughs> sure. Sure. So ugh, hang on just a second. Sorry. Okay. So you're asking what about, uh, uh, about praxeology, yeah? Yeah, praxeology, yeah. right. Um, I mean, Eric Eric pretty much laid this one out, I'd say, pretty uh, succinctly in, in the, the album, or in the, in the track itself. But, um, can you guys, are you guys able to hear me? Yeah, yeah we're here. You're good. Hello? Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, we can hear you, Alex. You good? Um, I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah, uh, to, to answer the question though, you know, the praxeology, like we're, um, I don't know, like it's a concept, praxeology is a concept of, of, of Austrian economics, uh, which is, you know, I guess if you want to assign a school of thought to backwards, I guess that would be it. Um, though I think we all draw influence and definitely me from, from other aspects as well. But, um, you know, like Chicago school and the Milton Friedman's Thomas Sowell's of the world, but that concept is is that you know, and I talk about Keynesianism and how dangerous it is. The central planning aspect. Um, I remember that Bernie Sanders. It was just insane, and I think it's insane that a lot of people do this. But I remember Bernie Sanders doing his run. He had put out some, um, you know, or some guy had co-signed. I forget what cause he might have worked for UT, a professor. So I'm like, you should know better. But of course, this is a bunch of Keynesians in academia, and. Of all right, well, over the ten years, somebody says, "From I'm, I'm gonna have this government program, and and this is how much it's gonna cost over ten years. This is how much it's gonna so you, you tell me insane right off the bat because that is an uh, insane concept. Like I can't predict when I'm going to go to the bathroom on a daily basis. How in the world with a country full of three hundred million people, I'm gonna be able to predict accurately the cost of of of, of, of of healthcare, like you know, how much we're gonna—that's impossible for them 
uh, to do it. And that's what, you know, praxeology and the, the understanding of human action and, and how, you know, humans acting voluntarily within a market are going to be better suited to come up with prices for something than some government right. mandate saying, all right, this is going to be X amount of dollars you're going to pay this this much. You know, if it worked, yeah. it wouldn't be $20 trillion plus debt, uh, you know, over hundreds of trillions of dollars in uh, unfunded liabilities. So this is—it's uh, an insane concept that you're, you're, you're also incentivized a, not to be healthy, right? Because if you have free health insurance, you're going. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter if I have high blood pressure, I'll yep. go get free meds. It doesn't matter if I have high cholesterol, <laughs> I'll go get this because it's free. It's free to be unhealthy. To be healthy costs yep. money. It's, it costs a lot of money to to work out regularly and eat healthy food and sleep optimally and yeah. Take charge and, and my you're life more and in, incentivized to stay in shape when that's your money that you gotta spend. Yeah, you know, right. to pay for, exactly. for all of that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like with, with these other, you know, with the government, and that's the problem. with Anything the government essentially mandates is that it really incentivizes. It's the same idea where I talk about minimum wage all the time. It's the same kind. Right. It's like right. You know, you're incentivizing and welfare. Welfare is the biggest one. You know what I mean? Because it's right. like you're essentially incentivizing, incentivizing people to fail is what it is. It's like right. well, as long as you're below this line. Well, even look, even look at taxes, right? With taxes, the more you make, the higher percentage you the pay. The more they take. It, it, it really should be the – let's say that we want to keep taxes in play. It really should be the opposite. It should be the less you make, the more you have to pay in terms of percentage so that you're incentivized to make more and it's pay a lower percentage income. of your overall income. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a double deal. A, a story that ahead, popped Alan. up recently, I didn't, I didn't get to read too much into it. Um, but it was uh, New York in some areas recently passed some some law where they're going to start making a uh, four year college free, but yeah. only if you make under a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, hundred thousand right. dollars. So yeah. actually, I think so it's the these, whole state. these people yeah. who yeah. Uh, these people who make over a hundred thousand dollars are getting just totally screwed in this situation mm-hmm. because not only are they paying, you know, their taxes are going towards other people making under that threshold, but if they want right. to send their kids to school, they have to pay twice for it essentially so these other people right. can send their kids to school for free and not really for free we all know it's not it's not truly for free but so they don't have to, to put any of the bill up front you know what i mean they just right. get a get a free mm-hmm. pass while these other people are just getting pounded with taxes and having to pay the schools and, and, and the whole situation that, is just, just jack right. you know the argument is going to be well what about you know those kids in underserved areas who don't have the opportunity to go to college you know this gives them a chance to go you know that's going to be the 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 more liberal that? argument with that. that, that but my thing is, I, well, how about this? How about your politicians stop making it that much harder for these underserved communities, these kids in these communities to go to college by making their communities underserved in the first place? Right. Like yeah. milking them dry. <laughs> so, so, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's always, it's always a bait and switch situation or deflection. No, they, they you know, from you the know they, they're going to pull, pull that card. <laughs> they pull that Who's, card all. Who's yeah, going to pull that card all the yeah, education. Well, soon it's going to be higher education. Uh, go ahead, guys. Sorry. No, but it's always what about the kids? It's always what about you know the people, the poor, and all this. They will never ever own up to to what they have done or what the state has Continue done. Continue to, to do to to to, <laughs> right. to to hate like to to really because what what it is like you look at I look at like the public schools and the disasters that those are that are state funded yeah. and. Yeah. You essentially like, you know, I use, uh, you know, pretty much any public school, for example, you have to, if you live within a, a certain geographical area, you, no matter how crap that school is, you have to go there. You have to right. go there. You can't, even if it's a school, uh, that, cause, you know, with some of these lines, I know, like, for, for my case, it was a better school that was actually closer to me, but I couldn't go to it. You know what I mean? I could I couldn't go to it because, 
the state is essentially saying that I I have to go to this broken, rotten, you know, you know, school. You know what I mean? So and they never talk about it. They always want to talk about the there was a poor and it was, they don't ever talk about like what they're doing to increase poverty or to encourage it, whether it be with the welfare state or the minimum wage. Which I think it's the most rotten law. But definitely when you talk about these urban communists, it's such a rotten law. Walter Williams uh, pointed this out. So it's been pointing this out for 30 years and, and essentially, you know, saying how uh, these people, these, these people that are in these communities, they don't, they get, they have, they go to these rotten schools. They don't learn anything. They don't learn how to be a valuable person in the marketplace. So their only way to do that right. is to work. And you're essentially putting this, this, uh, this artificial price on labor. And you're saying they have to make this much in order for them to be high. You're, you're, you're just literally killing, killing a job. You know what I mean? And this right. is where you see like, right. in, if people want to really talk about, uh, you know, black versus white. You look at the how the minimum wage has affected the, you know, like black folks. Uh, you know, it's the high, definitely young African Americans. The high, it's like double. It's always double, triple the national average. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. those are the people that that need the work the most, but they're getting priced right out of the market because the state has set this artificial price on labor and essentially said, well, if you can't if you can't hire somebody for seven twenty five, if that's you know the hell is higher if if the state. Um, you know, minimum wage is, is higher. You know, let's say yeah. seven twenty-five. The federal minimum wage, you can't pay to hire somebody, even if you, you know, they can only produce six dollars worth of value and maybe gain some experience. <laughs> well, it's illegal for for you to hire. That's insane. But they never talk about right. that, right? They never talk about uh, how those policies. Even these are the main ones that the you know these leftists always want to, uh, you know, say they care about the poor and they're like double the minimum wage, like which is like diametrically opposed. Diametrically opposed to helping uh, poor people because those are the folks that don't have the skills. They go to these rotten schools and you're pricing them right, right out of the market. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but right. they never want to own up to what they have done. But it's always, you know, when you oppose a government program, it's oh, what about the kids or what about the poor people that can't afford? It's, it's never about what they have done to either whether it be encourage poverty, poverty increase poverty. Never ever mention that's exactly what we're talking about, you know, in, in praxeology, you know, and, and how you know anything left up to the government. I mean, the great—I can't remember who it was Freeman or Soul. That great quote where uh, he's saying essentially, if the government was in charge of the desert, it'd be a shortage of sand. You know what I mean? <laughs> essentially, right. uh, sand that these guys touch is going to turn to crap because. And what you get is a bunch of bureaucrats trying to predict these outcomes, and it's impossible for for them to do it. They literally cannot. It's an impossible task because they. How can a, a handful of you know people predict the the prices of something better than a market full of millions and millions of people? Right. I mean, guaranteed housing is another one, right? I remember I lived mm-hmm. in Los Angeles for a while, and it's if you make this income, your rent is. Seventeen hundred bucks a month. If your income is below thirty thousand, now your income, now your rent is six hundred dollars. So you may have the same exact apartment, same amenities, and everything, and you're paying three times as much as your neighbor because they make less than you. And there's no incentive for them to make more because if their income goes above a certain threshold, now they're paying. They as take much it from you. you. Yeah, they take it. They take, that's exactly that's the so, so that was one of his you know his best. Uh, deals about like the welfare state. You're saying that you're essentially incentivizing people to fail. You're saying that so as long as they're below this line, below this line, they get well, to have everything. But they get below, they get above that line, they get above that line. Well, you know, we're taking all of that away. We take it, we take right. it. And not, so you're essentially saying, well, it's probably best for you 
to just remain poor. Just remain yeah. poor. Why work? Why put forth the extra effort if when you get hired, you get into another bracket, they take away the welfare and then you get taxed more on top of top of that. Like you're incentivizing people to to, to well, fail. It's like, it's like getting a promotion with more responsibilities, but your wage doesn't go up. Right. right? So right. now it's so here it's like it goes okay. Well, you make less than thirty thousand. If you make if you make thirty five, which is only five thousand dollars more than you may be making, then you're going to have to pay three times as much. You know? Right. So just stay below thirty thousand, and everything's easy. Don't work too hard because you may get into that higher threshold. You know, insane. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's, it's basically it's basically hood politics because it's what loan sharks do. It's like, look, man, my bills, things are getting turned off. You know, I'm not making any money work. You know, but I know I can go to this loan shark and get a quick loan, and I, you know, I can at least get my bills paid this month until you know I try to get my money together. But you also know that if you take that money from that loan shark. You know, there's a good possibility if you miss a payment, you might end up missing a, a, an arm. <laughs> you know, something. Yep. it's going to cost you a lot. So then you got to make a decision like, you know what? We can live with our lights for one more month <laughs> because I like my arms. You know, I like my fingers. Right. You know, so I don't want to go there. So and then, you know, guess what? The loan shark, he's still going to keep doing what he's doing. He, he's not going to sit there and like he may even offer you like, hey, man, I can give you the money. And, you know, you turn him down. It's like, OK, he doesn't hurt because somebody else took the risk anyway. And that's what ends up happening yep. for a lot of folks, man. So my thing is just like, and don't forget that this very same government that's incentivizing and, and you know, putting it out there for you pretty much not to succeed is also the government that doesn't want to succeed because it rewards everyone who doesn't take responsibility for what they're doing, including themselves. You know, you got a yep. lot of freaking senators, you know, yep. and, and representatives who are not doing their jobs, but they, they stay in these gigs for 40, 50, 60 years, but their job performance <laughs> sucks ass. But yet and still, mm -hmm. you still vote for this dude. You know, and yet and still, he stays in office. There's no term limit. And then so you start talking term limits, everybody starts getting into an uproar, except the people that are being affected by these people being in office for far too long, which is a minority, which becomes that what's left of the middle class because guess who has to pay for the super duper wealthy that doesn't pay any taxes and take any responsibility for all the income that they earn and guess who takes care of all those people who are under you know underproducing and don't want to step up and they want to be they want all the handouts it's always the middle class that has to take care of both of these sides even though these mm -hmm. two sides are fussing they're fighting each other which is funny to me it is so funny to me it's kind of like your your big brother and your little brother arguing over you know who gets the most attention? Who gets, you know, this, that, and the other? But they're not paying for anything. It's the parents that's buying everything. But yet they're fighting with each other about who gets all the stuff. But they haven't done anything to get the stuff. It's the parents that's paying for it. So the parents always have to come in and be the mediator and tell both of them, hey, both of you go to your room and shut up. Because it's not your house and you're not rich. I'm well, I mean, it's, rich. Like, it's, like people, it's like people fighting over inheritance, right? Like, I don't even believe that inheritance should exist. I don't think your kid no. should get anything. What did you, know, you do? So people, people are always like, well, I, uh, I, people are all, all these families are fighting like vultures over who gets what. Like, I was telling my dad, like, my dad does a lot of charity in, in Kenya and Uganda. And I was talking to him when he was out here. I go, you should just give all of that, you know, everything you were going to leave behind. Just give it all to them. I was like, I don't need anything from you. You know, you've done enough for me. You helped me in college. You you raised me. <laughs> so just just give it all to them. You don't have to give me a dime. And I think but the state's going to take it too, you know, because, you know, yeah. got death taxes now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to get their cut. They're going to get their cut. They're going to get their cut. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> they 
It's like death taxes. Like, seriously, dude? You're going to make a tax. They're going to have fart taxes. They're going to have ejaculation taxes. Yeah, you can't, can't even, even die. It's going to make sure. It's going to make it where guys are not incentivized. You can't even die without paying taxes. It's going to make it where guys are not incentivized to, like, to sit there and perform all night for their women. It's like, nah, you get one shot out of me because if I do it one more time, they're going to tax me. <laughs> no, that's, that, they tax that tax everything, man. They're dangerous. They're dangerous people. But again, it's uh, it, it, it comes to what you know, uh, like some of the that we talked about, whether it be in a professional protester or instinctism, like which is films, you know, things that I talk about, and, and, and basically saying like, whether it be voting habits, or I think the expectation really is the is the problem here uh, yeah. more than anything, because it's the expectation that these these. These fools, you know, are better suited to run your life than you are. You know what I mean? That you've never met. You've never met. You've never met none of these guys. But they control how much you're going to get taxed, what those taxes are going to go to. Uh, you know, and they, obviously they they piss it off because, again, it goes back to the fact they can't accurately predict these prices anyway. So they, they piss it off. They take care of whoever they're going to take care of first and everything else, which, you know, if it was privatized, hell, if you was paying for it straight, straightforward you'd be a lot cheaper right. than you getting taxed you know what i mean well there, there would be a free market that would come in too right because i was talking to a couple yeah. of people about this like one doctor may decide i'm going to charge a thousand dollars per session because of this but you don't have to go to that person there may be someone else nope. who says look i just want to help people i don't care about making a lot of money so i'm only going to charge 25 bucks you're going to have a yep. variety of different people in that market and then you pick and choose yep. you don't have to just go with Whoever your insurance provides says you have to go. To. Right. Exactly. Hell, I mean, in, in that said free market, it's, it's not even just that. It's like, you know, if, if Joe Blow wants to uh, charge $1,000 to treat people, then, you know, I, that's a marketing opportunity for me because I, I provide the, the the same service that Joe Blow is, but I charge half <laughs> of what he charges. Right. And right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all his customers. You know what I mean? Right. And essentially, either Joe Blow is going to gonna adjust it. he's gonna go right out of business so that's how prices get lower because it's like competing with like i'm going to if i undercut you i'm going to get more customers which is going to make me more money you know what i mean so that's essentially how how to how the market works but the government doesn't they don't have that type of incentive that's the problem with anything that government does or, or they mandate whether it be with health care or anything like that is because they don't have the same consequences of the market if i make a dumb as a businessman if i make a dumb decision you know my livelihood is at risk so i gotta be right. careful well the government can screw something up and it's like well we don't get it in taxes anyway so well that, that's why i was complete that's why i was completely right, against the bailout the bailout in 2008 really infuriated me because it was yeah. a perfect example of that i go me as an entrepreneur if i fail i fail no one's bailing me out and i don't expect anyone yep. to bail me out that's all on me but if too big to fail, it's like, no, too big to not fail. Apparently they fail. They're not too big to fail. Yeah, exactly. To fail. <laughs> they just get money for it. They just, get, they just get saved. But that's the problem with the government. It's a problem with everything that they do because they don't have that to the same consequences that the average individual is going to see in the market, you know, how much money they're going to lose. I lost some of my business. I just filed a tax loss of $8,000. You know what I mean? Of just, you know, investing with it being this band and everything that I – that I'm in, that yeah. says I owe them, which is crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to make those adjustments so the next year is better. Whereas the government is like, well, you know, if, if something goes to crap or something doesn't work or something like that, it's like it's like whatever. Well, we're just gonna raise the taxes and we're gonna oh, we're right. gonna bring in some more, more revenue. They don't have the same. If you can just use force to to 
to take people's money, what incentive do you have to do right by those people? None. Right. No, no incentive. Like, uh, you can't do, do the right you can't do the loan shark does. You can't show up in the government. You can't show up to the, to the government's door, the Treasury Department. Like, hey man, you know we paid a lot of taxes last year, and you you pissed off a lot of money. So I got my crew here, and we're going to we're going to take some we're going to knock some heads around until y'all get it right. You know, you, Ben Bernanke. You know, I got to you know you got to see big Frankie Knuckles over there, man, because you know you messed up last year, dude. You messed up the budget. It's like oh, no, right. trust me. You know, it's funny. I saw a quote the other day, man. Um, you know, the problem with society now is the fact that that people no longer, you know, are pissing in people's skulls. <laughs> meaning, yeah. you know, meaning, you know, people don't have an incentive to do right anymore. Back in the day, it's just kind of like, you know, you had these, you messed up, you got put down or you got beat up really yeah. badly. So other people saw that and like, oh, I'm not going to go there with that guy. <laughs> and, you know, somebody, right. people think that's very archaic. I'm like, so you don't think that. Treating people as modern day slaves is archaic. You know, like basically right. you just put a new name on it and you, now people are dressed a little differently. You're not wearing burlap sacks anymore while you're out picking cotton. That, you know, but now <laughs> instead you just put on a suit and you go work for some freaking CEO or some company and, you know, owners that you'll never see. You know, so I'm like, what's the difference? Right. You know, so because right. you dress it up. Oh, look, man, a pile of shit is a pile of shit. You put a flower in, it's still a flower. It's a pile of shit with a flower in it. Hopefully the flower will grow one day, but, you know, because it is fertilizer, but, you know, you can dress it up all you want. <laughs> It's the same old crap. So that's yeah. what ends up happening, man. So I think, like I said, there's, there's no one having to – they don't have to be responsible anymore. Nah. And people talk – and, and people, they, they, people participate in this facade like, well, you know what? You know, you politicians, blah, 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 just messing up everything. You work for me. I'll just vote you out. Yeah, but you do understand that now you can't do it by yourself. Now you, you will understand the whole thing about community. It takes a group of you to vote them out. So yeah, trust me, one dude making out. noise, they're not going to pay attention to you. But a no, whole lot of people care. making noise, that's a problem. It's like, okay, we're yeah. listening. Just like with the food. It's like, look, man, if enough people start bitching, like, label our food, you know, if they really care about that and not quit making excuses, well, my dad was a farmer and, you know, you, you people are against factory farming. I'm like, dude, you, your dad's farm and factory farming are two different things. So you just yeah. hear the word farm and then you, all of a sudden you get lit up, you know, just like we, you know, we were talking about on the last um, premium episode. As soon as you say blank, insert whatever cause makes you feel good, lives matter, people get lit up one way or the other. They get very supportive, yeah. they get very anti and angry about it. But I'm just like, look, man, it's like it's not what you it's not what you say. And I don't think those words mean what you think they mean. So because you right. you're thinking about yourself. But if you think as a collective, you know, and think as a group and you truly do care about all these people, then you'll realize, like, you know what? Some things have got to fucking change, man. You can't continue doing what, what's been going on on all sides of whatever lives matter that, you, that you're standing against or standing for. It's like there's a problem. Right. That's the one thing everybody should be able to agree on, just like we always say about factory farm. Look, I don't care if you're paleo, if you're vegan, vegetarian, whatever else. We always say it. We, can we all just agree that factory farming sucks? And that it needs to go away. Well, people because people won't because it's cheaper, and that's the problem. This, <laughs> exactly. this, this, this whole libertarian value system, right? Like what you guys profess, and I agree with a lot of it, if not most of it. But it relies on a very educated public to be effective, and the now public right now is far from educated. It's extremely <laughs> right. ignorant well, and focused on the things that is, don't the matter. The problem with that is it's not necessarily. It's the problem with that again. It goes back to. To, to that there's this, this territorial monopoly, you know, what I mean? well, that's all the state is, territorial monopoly and the use of force and, and, and violence and all it is. I mean, that's what it ultimately comes down to. This whole idea that they work for us or they, they're they supposed to be here. To, that's, that's all BS. Like, no, it's ultimately it's a, 
if you defy them or they wrote something in, into legislation, there's nothing that they wrote in legislation that they won't meet with force, whether that law yeah. be a good one or a bad one. Definitely the bad ones. Those are usually the ones that they enforce the most. Or the, or the bad ones. You know what I mean? It's the problem is that there's this entity that exists um, mm-hmm. like that that people perceive. People perceive. And that's the problem with it because people perceive it as legitimate. You know, it's one thing. If I see a bunch of, you know, a guy come, a regular guy come to my door and he's like, give me all you got. I'm, you know, he might hate it. I'm gonna tell him to school himself. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's a little different. We perceive we would stay. We perceive these 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 things as as legitimate, and, and that's why you know it's it's like the the arm. Uh, it's the biggest weapon of the cro- most crooked, evil people in existence because it's basically a free shot to wield you know essentially this power that they would not get in the market they wouldn't have that power like in a, in a marketplace they wouldn't have they do they wouldn't be able to wield wield that power it's all the extension of the state it's the same with what it be these gigantic corporation that people are, 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 are crying and complaining about it's the same thing like they they use extension of the state whether they do lobbying and all of that stuff. Right. Extension, uh, yeah. they use the state as their arm to keep them direct exactly where, where they're at. It's not them that's the issue. It's this, well, why does this, this is a deal where they can essentially lobby to pass a law? And that's, that's mm-hmm. exactly what's funny, how some of the laws that even still exist. I, I don't want to go back to the minimum wage, but that's exactly why it was implemented. Like, it was ex- yeah. literally why the minimum wage was implemented when you had these, uh, uh, like, you look at the Bacon-Davis Act. It was essentially people didn't want to compete with uh with um like minority uh workers, whether it be women, children or, or, or black, they wouldn't want to compete with that labor. So they was like, We're gonna pass this law to where you have to and we know these were they they're not gonna hire a black person or a woman or an Irish person for, for this amount of money. But they will hire this other person. literally at apartheid in our South Africa minimum wage was literally used to do the same exact Thing. So what happens is people run. This is why I always thought it was weird when people say, "Well, if we get the government out of the way of this, well, it's going to get worse." And I'm always like, "Well, why? Well, they're using that. That's literally what that you're giving them. The you essentially it's the biggest, the biggest weapon. We talk about racism in 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 this country. Who who is the biggest? The been the biggest weapon for that? You know, you look at Jim Crow, the slave codes, Jim Crow laws. Uh, you know." Like all the Supreme Court cases, whether it be Plessy versus Ferguson, Ferguson Red yeah, exactly. Stanford, you know, all yeah. of these, these were, this was the government, it was literally the state being used to perpetuate, uh, like, uh, the Plessy, you know, uh, Plessy is the biggest one that I, that I yeah. point to because, like, you got the boxcar, separate boxcar yeah. act in Louisiana. It's a great, it's a great example of this because this was a case where the, 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 the Louisiana boxcar company was like, we don't want to segregate our workers because it's, 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 it's our, not our workers are, you know, whether it be from blacks from whites, because we have to purchase new box cars. It's, 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 it's you know, you, you got to be rich to be racist, essentially. So they're like, no, like, no, we, we don't want to, we don't want to do that. They actually fought for the law, but they, they, they implemented this law, uh, even though the, 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 again, the box car that Homer Plessy was on, it wasn't the, the, the company. A lot of people get it twisted and think that it was the company that was doing Get this dude. He, he's in. He's like, and he was only like a quarter black or something like that. Yeah. He's in the he's in the white folks area of the boxcar, not the you know, not the black folks. It wasn't the company. Uh, it was the you know they sent some some private uh, you know state representative to, to to get him off of there. It wasn't the the company that did that? But those are sheer examples of government 
being used to perpetuate racism. Very, you know what I mean? Very it's United Airlines right now. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got it. Sounds very. See, again, somebody, somebody, yeah, again, you dress it up differently. So now instead of an octoroon, as they called, you know, Plessy back then, you know, because he was yeah. one eighth. You know, black, you know, yeah. now you have an Asian guy and now you have to send in instead of United having their employees, especially the four employees who took up all the space, instead of having them escort him off the plane. Let's yep. go ahead and call in the state to send in yep, their mercenaries to come and have this yep. person removed, you know. And so it's nothing's changed except just now that some faces have changed, but the same, the concept is still the same. So basically it's what's happening, exactly. again, like you say, you, you have pretty much you have to be rich to be racist. People need to understand. You have to be rich to be racist, but anybody can be a bigot. Okay, that's yeah. the thing about it. So when people sit there and, like, as soon as you start bringing up racism and, and you're not white, it's like, oh, you know, you're talking about, now look, look at reverse racism. Like, no, because I'm not making a dime off of making this observation. Okay, so right. it's not this opinion that, you, that you're talking about or whatever, I'm not getting paid for it. So the thing right. is, to my racism equals money. To my bigotry yeah. is just ignorance. Okay, trust me, racism yeah. is not ignorance. Somebody, no, it is very well played, well thought out. It is strategic. There is nothing ignorant mm-hmm. about racism. That is probably that's when you're like the smartest guy in the freaking room, okay? Because a lot of times, <laughs> especially these days, you don't even know who the racist is. That's how damn intelligent nah, racism is. Nah, bigotry they, they'll pass a law. Somebody, bigotry yeah, is ignorant. Than that. Okay. Oh yeah, somebody, trust me. There, trust me. Your gun laws—that's racism. And you know who's the biggest yeah. ones behind that? The ones claiming to be against racism. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, right. you know how that works? Yeah. See how brilliant that is? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Is that's, that's what ends up happening right there. But one thing about it, they keep you unarmed, and you can't protect yourself, keeping the crime up, therefore keeping you needy of this politician to go out and speak for yep. you about how bad the conditions are in your neighborhood. I can say that for my yep. damn self. I don't need you to go and tell somebody that. Come on, I can show you. <laughs> I can just walk outside right. and, and go, go on Facebook Live and show you how bad it is. You know, trust right. me, I don't need you to represent me in this. I need you to, since you claim you have the power to do something, do something. Quit telling me you're going to do something and do something. So otherwise, get out of my way when I'm trying to do something, because that's another problem. When people well, are out there trying to make problem, things happen, right? they mean, get in their way. And, or they take yeah, credit for when there's other you can't, the small guys. You can't even make the changes, the positive change. And that's the problem with the, the monopoly, again, that the state, that state, whether it be whatever service that they mm-hmm. offer. Like a lot of people say, well, you know, well, with the government, see a lot actually you know it's it, 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 false because definitely in america it's the most charitable charitable place in the world as far as mm-hmm. how much people are donating privately you know what yeah. i mean uh but but you know you look at you know some of the things that the government does that people would think would be you know i guess a positive thing if it was done more more efficiently the government literally says you can't do it like they literally say no we have to do that you know if, if right. there's a some potholes or something like that, and the road is screwed right. up. I can't, I can't just go get my crew, or, you know, get the consent of everybody that lives on the street and say, hey, you know, if y'all just give us pitch in five dollars. We'll, we'll, me and my buddy, we'll pave this. We'll, we'll fix all the potholes in the whole entire neighborhood. I can't right. do that. The government gonna, they gonna drop in. Like, what the hell are you doing? No, you gotta go through us. Like, we, we gotta be the ones to. Those are our roads, so not yours. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, those are potholes. You can't be, you can't be going around. I've Get your potholes so out of my neighborhood, okay? <laughs> I've heard so many stories about people, you know, wanting to go out there and be active and fixing things in the, in their communities or even in their own, you know, areas. Uh, I've I was watching the John Stossel episode not too long ago when there was this. Uh, they uh, essentially, I guess, the, the state wanted to 
to build something through this, these people's private land. And they told them, they was like, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, they got screwed over. And it was another case where uh, there was this uh, like sewer, like kind of leakage or something. Yeah. And they had been calling the you know, the, the city and saying, hey, man, come fix this. They're like, yeah, we get to it and we get to it. And they fixed it themselves and got fired for it. You know what I mean? So right. that just goes to show that, like, hell, this is literally illegal. Like, you again, it goes back to the incentives of all of this. If people have the, uh, you know, incentive to say, all right, well, no government is going to come by and fix this. That's the market. That's, you just literally create, look at how much water you got. All these potholes, government said, we ain't paving these roads. Everybody's just going to stand with their thumb up their butt and say, well, I don't know how these roads are going to get fixed. Don't be like, read a book. I'm going to learn how to pay. That's money right there. Go on there. YouTube. Go on YouTube. Yeah, I'm about to show you how to fix a pothole. <laughs> exactly. I'm about, to make some, I'm about to make some money right now because, uh, you know, that's a lot of people. They want to fix them. If I go door to door, say, hey, man, you can $5. I get all this fixed. You know, me and my me and my worker buddy, or something, something like that. It's it's but they, that incentive is not there. It's uh, the government says, well, we'll take care of it, and then they get to it when they get to it. And this is all the and type of a, concepts that we were talking about. Economists. This is the problem you have. Yeah. You don't understand money running the government because look, if you sit there and think about what you just said, I'm thinking if I'm you know in a, at the top, I'm the top economic dude, advisor, whatever for the government here you know, Ben Bernanke or whoever else, I'm thinking like, you know what, let these folks go out and build, you know, and, and repair those roads because we're already taxing yep. people anyway. So if this guy's company, he's getting together, he's going to end up paying taxes for the money he made for fixing that road. And if, if there's enough potholes in this, in this country to go around for everybody. So I think collectively, <laughs> if I'm taxing everybody that's going out and fixing their own stuff, we're going to get more money on taxes for them going out and doing it themselves than us just raising taxes and then getting that money. And then we have to go out and pay government workers to go out and fix those bottles, which they know that they have a government job. They're not going to get fired unless they do something extremely stupid. Yeah, that means they don't have to go be a crappy work. job. Exactly. They're, they have a base salary. They're not getting paid by the hour, so they don't have to get it done in a hurry. So that's the reason why you see nonstop construction always going on, because yep. the thing is they stretch it out you know, to the next fiscal year. Then, you know, it's like, oh, you're still working on that? We got to give you more, another grant for that. We got to get right. more grants for that. Right. And what you, Insane. but over the long run, you're not making as much money by doing it the old way, by these grants and stretching it out and, and taking care of yourself. Whereas if you let the people do it, <laughs> just tax them all because there's 300 million people here. And if just a third yeah. of those people are out there doing this and you're getting extra taxes from them for doing this stuff, man, okay, you're, you're kind of pulling yourself out of this economy. But again, we're in a situation where, there's an incentive to always be broke. There's an incentive for always to be, to always have freaking inflation, to always have, to be in a, in, in, to have a deficit. It's, that's, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem, but that's also the solution for them because that's where the money is for them, but they don't see it long term. They're very short sighted with this. They're very short sighted. Weird. I mean, everything's short sighted with, with yeah. these guys. But again, there's a problem with, uh, you know, these guys that, again, it's, uh, They've been running, they've been able to run, uh, on a lot of these, you know, perpetuating these same old narratives that have been, been for 240 uh, years, man. You know, just yeah. like, you know what? And it's going to keep working. Like, no, you, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to mention one little story to you guys. The Roman Empire. <laughs> you can't be at yeah. the top forever, man. Eventually yeah. you are going to eat yourself whole. Every, every uh, civilization, every empire, has, uh, you know, has, has came. Uh, to that, but it's funny that you know um, all of them. The government is usually what ruins the damn thing. You know what I mean? So, exactly. but but people got they have to acknowledge that, and um, I think that's what we try to convey definitely in our 
in our music is because I've heard so many people always address the problems. It's like it's not even addressed. It's really a complaint. Like I mean, many rappers that's right. there, you it's a rant. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, through the place and like, okay, yeah, what what else do you have to say outside? <laughs> I've heard so many. Yeah, school art, right, police art, right, cool, whatever. All right, what solution or what what. What what do you have to you know say about that outside of that? And those are the things that we dive into just because of the philosophy that we that we believe in, and we implement that in our music because it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna well, yeah, well, this is a problem, but what are you doing? Like you know, I talk about you know uh, the politician hypnotizing you with free stuff, more and more statism. Y'all people just eat up. You're crying, and you, but yet you're crying and you're protesting about how the police sucks. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking. Yeah. About. I'm like, yeah. well, you're you're just as much a part of this problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You go blame the police, but what are you doing to uh, you know? Because like I look at the case like Eric Garner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he was he was choked out for selling uh you know loose cigarettes cigarette. that weren't yeah. taxed. You know what I right. mean? It was like okay, like <laughs> look at that, like that, like okay, right. you guys are the main ones. You want to talk Black Lives Matter and uh, you left instead of main ones talking about let's increase the you know taxes, give a new tax, soda tax, all of this uh this new right. new forms of a uh, way to rob people. You know what I mean, and that's what essentially got him got him choked out. So I, yep. what we try to do is say, well, what are you doing? Like you're not really, uh, you're just as much a part of the problem because you're really encouraging um, this behavior and some of the policies that you that you advocate. You know what I mean? So that's what we try to dive into because there's so much music out there, definitely in entertainment in general. Everybody, Amos, who the police, they. You know, it's the same stuff, but nobody acts. Everybody acts like they're rid of the entire like problem. Like it's like, no, I'm just a harmless, innocent victim. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> There's the problem that victim that, That's perpetuated that, but they don't they don't acknowledge that, and that's what we try to do in our music and in our activism is, is put that spotlight on. All right, well, yeah, this is a problem, but let's look at this. You're doing this, 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 and that. You don't think that's encouraging that? You know what I mean? You, what have you done to really fix it? You haven't done anything. Uh, in fact, you encourage it. So, and that's what we feel like music is miss, missing, missing uh, in this day and hell, entertainment in general. I mean, you hear these people. Oh yeah, you know Trump's not a president. It was all under Obama. It was all good. You know, he's a, you know half black president, greatest man alive, cool swag. Trump became president. Everybody. Hitler. Oh crap! We hear that crap with uh uh within the genres that me and Alex are in. And the same thing, but there's nothing intellectual about it. It's not brave by any means. You're just saying the same thing uh, another band or another entertainer is going to say. Let's get to the uh, solutions, but more importantly, let's get to how you actually advocate for policies that are diametrically opposed to actually fixing anything. Exactly. It's just like and I always laugh when all these entertainers who are like I'm talking about some who are very successful, the main ones who are talking about, man, look at what's going yep. on in Chicago. I'm like, well, what are you doing for Chicago? I'm like, uh, right. come on, here's a guy. Take someone like Chance the Rapper. Here's a dude that doesn't even have an album out, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, physical album. Never had a physical album out. But here's a dude that's doing probably far more in a short amount of time that he's actually been out as an artist, you know, popular artist. Mm-hmm. He's done more for Chicago than the biggest ones in Chicago. Who are constantly yep. talking, and you know, so but and, and, and every time you start talking politics and crime, every politician on both sides of the aisle bring up Chicago. I'm like, oh, so you just think that Chicago is the only place that's got issues, really? You know, yeah. so, but it's a nice little scapegoat. It's a nice little scapegoat to always talk about that. Right. But I'm just like, but what are you doing? So my thing is, and I like the fact, you know, um, there's a guy I know, um, <laughs> um, guy named Mash. He has um, black black guns matter. 
He, you know, he ah, has that yeah, organization. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, right now he's, kind of cl- he's clashing with Isaiah Washington, you know, this, this actor that used to be on Grey's Anatomy, who's from Houston. But he's Isaiah's known to be a bit of a, a pain in the butt, you know, even in Hollywood. And now he's a guy that leeches on every – apparently as the story is going right now, he's pretty much been leeching on all these causes, and but pretty much trying to take over once they take off and, you know, try to claim it as, as his own. And then when no one goes – you know, wants to go his way – he wants to try to flip it and try to see like these organizations are not, you know, not what they're cracked up to be. You know, so Maz, you know, I've seen this guy, man, you know, the last couple of years doing this thing from grassroots and, you know, going around and touring, touring the country. And instead of just talking about Black Lives Matter, you know, he's talking about Black Guns Matter, meaning he's going into all these underprivileged and underserved neighborhoods and he's going in and teaching them about safety, about gun safety, about learning the laws and learning why you have a right you know, to bear arms. You're protected under the Second Amendment because you are a U.S. citizen. You've been one since the frickin' 14th Amendment. Okay? So you, you're no longer three-fifths of a man anymore. You know, so that, that's changed in the Constitution for you. So that being said, you do have the right to protect yourselves and quit waiting for these politicians to do it for you or quit waiting for the police to show up and stop the crime. They're not going to come save you. And honestly, it's not their job. I'm just going to be honest with you. They're there to investigate a crime. And usually when they're called, it's after the fact. You know, there's no way they can be there just when someone kicks your door in. There's not, yeah, it's not right. like they're going to hologram themselves or Star Trek and phase themselves. And there's the cop right there because they knew, you know, that your door is about to get kicked in. You know, that's what people need to understand. But guess what? You need to take responsibility. And if you love your loved ones, learn how to protect yourself. Even if you don't have a gun, learn how to fight back. Learn how to be more self-aware of what's going on. If you know you're in a very crime-ridden neighborhood, you know you got to take extra precautions on an everyday basis about being situationally aware you, until you can get out of that situation. So you, so don't sit there and wait for someone to come and fix it. You know, what can you do right now to take care of yourself? And, you know, that's one of the things that Madge is doing. He's going around the country and showing folks like, hey, man, y'all got to quit singing the same old slave narrative. I mean, it's, it's, it's freaking 2017. And you still singing what? like it's eight, you know, like 1717. You know, you've been off the boat for a while now. You know, so you can quit talking about what right, Master's yeah. doing to you. And you got to own up your stuff. And somebody, hey, man, here's the thing about it. You know, here's the good thing. When enough of you are out there doing and taking care of yourself, you know what the man is going to want to do? He's going to want, well, I uh, see what you guys are doing. How can I help? Oh, oh, shit. There you are. So, uh, I'm glad you brought it up, even though I asked you a while back about that. But now, since we've already done the dirty work, we've already gotten our hands dirty and done all the footwork necessary. Here's what you can do. Stay out of our way. <laughs> Stay out of our there way. Don't, cause we're making progress now and don't impede <laughs> progress. You know, if, if you want to sit there and claim that you had a part in this, look, man, you can say all you want. You can say, hey, I've been supporting them, this, this, this and the other. Just don't get in our way. And that's what people need to understand. Let them don't get mad. Don't let your ego get in the way. It's like, well, no, how can he come in and try to claim it? He's been helping us since day one and blah, blah, blah. Then screw that. I'm like, look, man, if you can continue doing what you're doing, then do it. And don't worry about what he's saying. Focus on what you're doing. If what you're doing is working and it's making a change, trust me, the people that need to know are going to know. They're going to know the truth. Right. Because most of the time when a politician's talking, we already know he's lying. Even if he's telling the truth. If he walked out today and said the sky was blue, I'm going to look at him side-eyed. Because <laughs> that's just what he does. It's like, come on, he's probably lying. Even though I know I'm saying it's blue, too. But <laughs> my shade of blue and his shade of blue are probably different. I'm like, yeah, but what kind of blue are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and, somebody, and what's in it for you while you're talking about the sky is blue? What is it going to cost me to agree with you on this? So that's the difference. So if you're out there doing your thing, then go do it. Don't worry about what someone else is saying. Just do your best. Hey, when they show up, tell them to stay out of your way if it's working. Okay? So if it's cutting down crime, 
then they shouldn't get in your way. But if they're getting in your way, then you got to ask yourself, like, oh, what's up with that? Do you need the crime to be here? So because why are you trying to stop us from, like, continuing to make the crime go away? So obviously you're right. getting paid off of it. Now I can, I can expose you for who you are. But they don't want that. So then guess what they'll do? They'll just act like it's not happening. You'll just continue on. You'll keep doing your thing, and they won't worry about it because they don't want to get their hands into that and be exposed for who they are. So, yeah, man, like I said, these guys are just walking around, and, you know, they're in their songs talking about, you know, I hate Trump, I hate Trump. But it's funny, the same rappers that said they hate Trump were the same rappers 20 years ago talking about, you know, people call me Black Trump because they, they were talking about making yeah. money. <laughs> Trump was a superstar back in the day, man. Like, oh, yes, yeah. especially in the hip-hop community. Man, he was everywhere, man. I remember that. <laughs> Vividly, man, they loved him. But, you know, it's not trendy no more to like Trump. No, man. can't say that now. Because yeah. <laughs> you're a sellout if you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, man. Yeah, I, I already know that. You're you know? a traitor. You're a coon. Come on, you're a yeah, coon. Yeah, coon, ultra calm, house thing. All, all oh, my that, God, man. man. I, I already know how that goes, man. I already Cooning. know how that goes. But that, that's just, it, it's so whack. It's so whack to me. These, yes, it is. Uh, they, they do that. They do that. It's like it was the trendy thing. And I remember so vividly that he was the. He was the man, you know, he used to be kicked back at their little get together. He used to be at the boxing yep. matches, you know, kicking it with with yep. all of these black entertainers and stuff like that. And now it's just not true. He got an R next to his name now. So, you know, it's you know, we can't we can't be supporting that. It's just so and it goes to show that these people, these be the same fools that go all so up so woke or, you know, stay woke and all and it's the same. Oh, they they fall for the it's so predictable. So predictable. Yeah, Nothing what they what they people that don't know. Uh, and people that don't know the so the so woke crowd, the hashtag so woke. These are people that claim that they're so culturally aware, even though they just became culturally aware in the last couple of years. But these are also <laughs> the same people that voted. Come on, these are the same. Okay, first of all, these are the ones going to complain about you know Trump, like oh why is he dropping bombs on Syria and killing innocent people? But they had nothing to say about their president who did that for eight years straight with drones. <laughs> Come on, yep. oh no, but he but he won a peace you know prize, peace prize, yeah. Come on, a lot of good yeah. that did. A couple of weeks later, that dude was bombing people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, he bombed more countries than Bush, keep man. That. They never yeah, bombed his way right to that award. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have a, you guys have a song about that, but let, let's let's wrap up soon, guys. I got to get out of here. So what's what's the plan for the album now? You're going to go on tour. What's the promotion strategy uh, you guys have in place? Well, uh, we, we did what we set out to do. We got some stuff that, uh, you know, tour offers and stuff that we're looking at right now. I got a free, uh, we hit our pre-order mark that we were, we were hoping to get. So I owe guys a free mixtape, uh, that'll be just strictly rap. So I owe these guys that. That's what we're working on. Uh, right. next probably do some videos and, uh, we'll have some cool little features on that. Um, and then, you know, probably latter half of the summer, uh, and definitely in the fall, you know, we'll be back on the back on the road again, you know, because we just got off it not too long ago with our tour with uh, like Monster Flange and Sworn In, which was awesome. Uh, oh, cool. Met a lot of cool people along the way. It was very very fun, man. And uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that's pretty much what's on the agenda today. A lot of people are still continuing to show um, support, but we all got back home. We got uh, you know, we just don't keep this grind up, man. And uh, you know, because people every day, man, are still learning about us, and it's, it's awesome. Uh, to let people know that we exist, man, it's, it's a great feeling. Well, what you guys did, which a lot of record companies totally missed the boat on, is you guys actually made a great record, start to finish. <laughs> and I think <laughs> so, if you make great music, guess rare. what? It's going to get out there. I, I heard you. I mean, I heard you guys the same. I heard you guys on March 31st. Never even heard of you before. Like I said, I was yeah. listening to Body Count. I go, who are these guys? Checked it out. I thought it was so good. I contacted Alex, I think, that day or the next day and said, let's get these guys on the show. So yeah, when you make when you make a great wow. record, it's going to have that kind of response. People are going to forget about someone who has a show. It's going to be someone who listens to it and then tells everyone they know, "Hey, you got to check these guys out." Yep, 
Power the market, man. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a lot of slack too for for releasing such a long album. Um, our, one of our favorite things this uh, this podcast had had the gall to say that you have to earn an 18 track album. Now they they put this out for <laughs> a podcast out within the first couple of days of us releasing this, this track. What's uh what's what's the show? Yeah, we got to call a spade a spade on this show. We don't just uh, we don't just infer <laughs> yeah, here. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't I can't remember. I can't remember what what, what was I can't even remember the name of that garbage. Uh but yeah, they they spent all this time cuz they said my voice was too deep. Uh, to be, uh, I was you're, too, you're, too, you're too manly, man. You're making men feel better. There it is, man. Don't start mansplaining, Eric. Come on, man. <laughs> well, it just goes to show people will complain about anything. The album is too long. It's only a problem if the album sucks, if it's too long. Right. And then it, exactly. It's not even the problem that it's too long. It's just that the album sucks. If you make one song yeah. and it sucks, that's too long. You know? Exactly. It was four minutes too long. You know, like, man, I can't get that four minutes. Oh, it was, uh, it, the the podcast was uh, killyourstereo.com was the guys that did yeah. it. But yeah, they they within our first like two days of having the album out, they said, you know, you gotta this this album was too long front to back. You know, I was kind of like it's dragging out. And then they said that we have to earn an 18 track album. And then you know, four days after that, we we chart on nine different charts on the on the Billboard. <laughs> and I just remember telling Eric, I was like, you know, man, I, I think that 18 track album kind of earned itself if you ask me. <laughs> Right. If they you, know, you, you got a, you, you have like a generation now where you know their attention span. You, you got the somebody, and this is not for people who actually have ADD, but you have an ADD society now where they can't hold their attention span too long because I mean they have a timeline, you know, way of looking at things. Like on Facebook, you know, one minute they're looking at a cause on Facebook, but then something else pops up on the timeline. They're like, oh, look at that squirrel, <laughs> you know, and that's the Cat. thing about it. So right. they're off to the next thing. So eighteen tracks is probably too long because he's like he he could. They're so used to just listen to one single on iTunes. And then there's like 18 other singles from like 18 other artists. So to actually sit there and have one artist actually do all of them, but just like people complain about Kendrick Lamar, like wait a minute, there's no con- there's no collabos on this. No, oh, oh, he's making a big mistake. Like why? You can't listen to a whole album of just one person. That guy's yeah. album, really? <laughs> it's like you know why you have all these. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to one rule: is it good or not? Just like comedy, right? Exactly. Comedy is either funny or it isn't. So if Dave Chappelle gets on there and he does a ninety-minute set, it's only a problem if it's not funny. If it's funny, yeah, right. keep going. Right. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not long enough. Exactly. Look, I mean, my favorite movie of all time is Heat, right? Heat is three hours long. Now, I've seen the movie probably a dozen times over the years since it came out in nineteen ninety-six. There's not one time I ever I'm ever watching the movie going, Oh, they could have cut this scene out, oh, this scene's dragging on. I don't know why they had this coffee shop scene between the two guys. Let's cut that out. If if anything, you would have felt cheated if any of those scenes were cut out. In fact, there were scenes that were cut out, which were great scenes. They could have kept those right. in on the on the for the extended edition. Right, exactly. Now there's yeah. other movies such as the Hobbit. Dance not the, the Hobbit, uh, no, no Lord of the Rings and I mean, the third uh, Lord of the Rings was so fucking long, and then they had an extra hour, on the, which I've never seen, on the bonus DVD. I go, who the hell would want to watch it? But some people do. Yeah. <laughs> they think it's great. They want to be like, man, I wish I lived in that world with those midgets. You know, it's, it's, way, <laughs> it's way better in my life. You know, <laughs> small people. Sorry, folks. 
in me to say. Yeah, man, you got like you got like a ten hour uh, trilogy when you get the extended editions on those things. It's crazy. Right, right. You can but spend the in one movie. Literally, it's like damn. It's not even two other movies with this trilogy. It's just the one movie. Damn. Dude. Well, they even had that in the movie theater. I think they they showed all three in a row, and it was literally twelve hours that people. Who the hell is going to go do that? <laughs> yeah. People did, but that just shows you how much we're we're longer than the average work day, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, great guys, you guys are great, man. New records, awesome. Everyone can pick it up at iTunes. Where can they get the physical copy? Do you have it on your website? Uh, they can go to backwards.merch now. That's m e r c h now dot com. Uh, Amazon also has. Uh, they won't back order because we sold out for a while there, but they oh, should great. be all back. Um, they should be all back. So you get it at uh, physical copies at Amazon as well as uh, some stores that it's in as well. Um, but you know, backwards.merchandise.com. The reason why that's cool, because I mean, for 15 bucks, you can get the album, but you can also get like some stickers with it and a shirt, you know, and all kinds of uh, cool things with it, man. So uh, absolutely, go to backwards.merchandise.com. Yeah, and I think people always complain that no one's buying music anymore, but they're they're not buying music because a lot of music sucks. You make a great Absolutely. record. Like, I bought your guys' record after listening. I listened to a few songs. So I was like, you know what? This is great. I'm going to go ahead and download it. Yeah, I don't do that for a lot of bands because it's not that great. I listen to it. And I'm like, eh, let me test this out for a little bit. A week later, I totally forgot about it. Why would I buy that record? Well, you get like a couple great, of singles. I'm going to buy it. A couple of songs are cool, but the other 10 suck ass. It's like, right, yeah. You're going to buy the ones you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, awesome, right, guys. yeah. Thanks for that. Great having you guys on. I hope you come through Vegas at some point. Try to catch sure. you guys in the road. But yep. keep up the great work, man. All well, stuff. Absolutely, Appreciate man. Appreciate you having us. All right, man. Take care. All right, you guys take care. Bye. Yeah, so it's it's always funny when we have interesting guest zombies. We can just keep going. I think you said before we started recording, uh, maybe we should cap this one off at about an hour, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, these are, these, I got stuff to do today, man. Can we cap? I was like, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be because I'm talking too much. It's going to be because everyone right. finds it interesting. You can right. just keep going. But anyway, yeah, their new record is great, man. Like I said, the new body count's awesome, too. And I was listening to that, and I just got sidetracked, though, because this record was so good, and it was such a fresh sound, and as well as I'm a, I'm a real lyrical guy. I like listening to lyrics, which is why sometimes I listen to a band, and the music's cool, but then I start hearing the lyrics, and I'm like, this is terrible. I can't listen to this <laughs> right. bullshit anymore. <laughs> you know, what they're thinking about is so stupid. I, I, feel, I, can't listen, I can't get into it anymore. Uh, oh, but speaking of everything we talked about on the show, now it's time for you to do your turn. Don't just rely on us to pay. I mean, we're basically paying to deliver you guys great content, and that's that's a, it's it's an exchange that is not fair. So do your part. Go sign up at Patreon. Get access to the premium episodes, and the premium episodes are going to start featuring high-profile guests. We just started it with just us just to get it going. But in May, we're going to have two high-level guests on, and we're going to keep going down that road. And I think eventually we're going to get to the point where it's not a premium show anymore. That's it. That's the it's show. It's just the show. <laughs> it is the show. <laughs> it's no more. Come on, buy this to support us. It's like, no, if you want to hear the show, you're going to have to pay for the show. That's just that. And if you don't want to, fine. But you're not going to get the great content anymore. That's just the reality. If you're not willing to pay five, ten bucks a month, then why should we deliver you incredible information? If you're not even willing to pay such a, a nominal fee to access it, it shows you don't value it. Right. Exactly, man. So you can show some value right now by heading over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. That's one way you can do it and become that 
<laughs> right? Like we said for now, you know, a monthly subscriber, you know, those premium episodes. But pretty soon you just be a subscriber of the show. <laughs> Who knows? So just make sure you don't want to get you don't want to get caught out, caught out there and realize, like, oh, man, I, you know, I keep I haven't seen an update. I haven't seen a, a new episode show up in my iTunes in a while. <laughs> and you probably won't. <laughs> so, so enjoy those archives. Well, I mean, you, you made two mistakes. One, you didn't support us on Patreon. Two, you didn't get my estrogen blocker EC. So now you're sitting there with bitch tits complaining on your computer that you you don't have access to the free information well, hey, anymore. Where you could have done two things. You could have gotten on EC. <laughs> well, I guess there's an incentive since you probably have much of a social life. You can play with your bitch tits for a little while now. Probably <laughs> well, you're, you're, a donor. you're a donor now in case anyone else needs something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's probably your excuse. Like, well, I'm going to grow these in case someone else needs it. <laughs> That's why you have an ass like a, an overweight woman, too. You know, in case in case there's a woman in Brazil that wants to get butt implants, she can just pay for your ass. She doesn't even have to. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's a whole new... I mean, you may make money off of this. I mean, who knows? It's a brave be, new world. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually sell your ass, literally, now. <laughs> <laughs> you hear about so and so? Yeah, he starts selling ass on the internet, man. No, literally, he's keeps selling his ass, ass and selling it. <laughs> like, time to hit the buffet. I got to grow another one. You know? Exactly. I got to re up, baby. <laughs> oh boy. Lisa that thing one. is, this will probably be a reality at some point. We're making a joke exactly. about it, but it's probably already in the pipeline somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad choice. Bad choice of words there. <laughs> oh, and another exciting thing is, and I'll get to this on another episode, is I'm actually in discussions with Dr. Delgado to <clears throat> where it basically co-formulates a new and improved Testro Vita cream. So it would basically be his formula, which a couple with a couple ideas I have infused into it, and it would we would just keep the Testro Vita label on there. Everything stays as is. So instead of having a private label with my label on it, but it would be a co a co-production where we put out the product on both of our websites with my infusion of the ingredients I think would make it better, which I'm 100% sure would. And that would be out probably in the next couple of months if we move forward with this. So that's in discussion right now. It's exciting because it's a great product as it is, but I know a few ways to tweak it and make it a little bit better. That's what I'm good at. So stay tuned to that. We'll get Delgado back on the show at some point when we get closer to that coming to fruition. But in the meantime, go check out those episodes we did with them. Those episodes are incredible. Those should be those should be downloaded like crazy and shared with everyone you know. And if you think those episodes are great, wait till you hear. Actually, you know, the one with Inclinon is probably already out by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. So anyway, I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nostradamus. You make any <laughs> Wait till you hear that one with Inclinon. Well, shit, I heard that last week. You're not in any position to take me um, to uh, Dion Warwick's job, man, with the predictions now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about I'm predicting what already came out, literally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know what else? Trump's going to be president one day. <laughs> like, hey, man, wait a minute. Did you just get out of prison? Are you okay? <laughs> we should do a whole episode where it's just distorted reality. Like, hey, wouldn't that be crazy if Trump were president? I mean, he's such a big reality <laughs> TV star right now on The Apprentice. Just, just do an episode as if it's 2001. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are these guys talking about? <laughs> man, I think sincere Micah High, man, on his last episode. <laughs> He must have been doing that episode from a flotation tank or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of flotation tank, I'm going to have one in my new house. I can tell you guys that one. I'm going to do an episode from there. How about that? 
<laughs> hey, why does it sound like it's an echo? I'm in the tank right now. Don't drop the mic, man. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. <laughs> I'll have the mic just out, just on the periphery, so I'm speaking to it directly on the roof of the tank. <laughs> just have it, have a mic installed in there on the roof. It's kind of defeats the purpose, but hey. <laughs> just, just don't do a live video feed, man. I know it's dark in there and all, but just in case some light shines through, we don't. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. We don't need that information out there. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. oh, cool. That's gonna wrap it up, folks. Go buy the new Backwards record. It's awesome. Go check out. There's a lot of interesting. I think Eric has his own show too, where he gets into a lot of these philosophies and detail. Yeah, he's interesting on guy. Yeah, he's on YouTube. Yeah, whether you agree with him or not, it's. I like hearing guys who are thinking for themselves and have a lot to say. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to all agree with each other. That's not the point. It's, I like people that are thinking about stuff and maybe give me something to think about. Ain't that a nice for a change? Exactly. So you go check that out. Go check out both our websites. Use that coupon code LLA. Share this episode. And there you go, folks. you got a lot of stuff on your plate. Good information. Hopefully not food. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up, man. So we'll catch you guys yeah, on the next Yeah, let's wrap episode. it up. Take care, everyone. Bye.